room, you can't move, you can't speak. It's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. You know, you're looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure, but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling and I see this, uh, this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and I just was petrified. I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open. So we came around the bend and we saw eye shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up. And it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, it had a long arm, and it just it grabbed the deer. Yeah, we're on. Got we're it. Recording. Okay. We're recording. Okay, good. Are we good to start, guys? And my sure. show's audio anyways, so. <laughs> who, who who wants to lead? I don't mind leading. Well, why did you introduce us? It's your, your guys' uh, podcast. It's your guys' show. <laughs> right, pants off, everyone. <laughs> you, Let's like get I said, this you didn't see me started. sit down, did you? <laughs> now it's a party. <laughs> <laughs> In the UK, pants mean something else that's that's the underwear so this could get oh, really well, filthy <laughs> <laughs> well Guys, isn't this the uh going commando <laughs> oh yeah always, always. paranormal uncomfortable heart rose yeah this <laughs> rose heart or... insight yeah <laughs> this is a big show guys life was I'm... paranormal for you tim Oh, the paranormal was for me. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. And then I did the heart for Kat because you guys both have paranormal in your name. Well, I know. That's why I wanted to this. go with insight, but that's me. <laughs> I'm, going Kat paranormal. The, I'm going through the chats to see what we actually called it. And I'm seeing. We called animal... it the Fantastic Five. I... Well, I'm, I'm seeing like coconuts and, and moose. Testicle. I don't know. I don't know what that is. You told me those were dog balls, girl. And I was like, no, the video. It sent a video of a dog going down yeah. the stairway and his yeah, yeah, that was bouncing out. Harsh. And then oh, all of a sudden, then cringe. the video was gone. And that's what yeah. she was responding to. And you were like, there's no dog balls, but I don't know what the hell happened to the video. It was there. And then okay. It was gone. So I wasn't tripping. The video was there. It was. Okay. Thank you. It was. There, it was not a set of paranormal dog balls. <laughs> and then we, we promise. That chat got filthy very quickly. And yeah, it, I loved it. It denigrated really quick. As soon as I entered in. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> Actually, is there a correlation that we don't know <laughs> i'm telling you my evil twin took over the chat it was not me of course <laughs> i felt uncomfortable and i had to leave in my <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> Let my evil twin take over <laughs> guys i am super excited to have you all together this this is amazing this is this an is. amazing moment right now. This feels like a weird dream or something. It doesn't feel real. I know, right? Guys together. I love it. <laughs> now this, be here. Not in the eyes. Not in the eyes. <laughs> this, this is a Halloween special. So 
Let's get it Happy on, Halloween. guys. Let's get it oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy Shall Halloween, we... everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Shall we go around the Welcome. table and introduce ourselves? Yep. Sure. Into the spooky season. It's yeah, so spooky. I love that. My favorite time Best time of year. Time of year. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> who who okay. wants to introduce themselves first? Who wants to get the show started? Ladies first. JJ. Up level. <laughs> I'm JJ Rilla. Oh my god, I almost started speaking Are you sure? French. Thanks, Kat. Um, <laughs> Je m'appelle JJ <laughs> Yeah, all right, restart. Um, hi, I'm JJ Rose, 777. Hello. JJ. <laughs> Start from scratch, Tommy. <laughs> no, we're doing. No, this is no, all going out. This. I love yeah. all this. This is <laughs> so. Perfect. Tell us. Tell the listeners what what uh, your your show's about, and where they can find you. I oh, know you that do that at the helpful. end, but yeah, it would. <laughs> okay. Act like you've been here before, <laughs> JJ. <laughs> <laughs> that self promotion factor would. <laughs> I feel like I know you all. Like, why am I introducing myself? Are public people going to hear this? Yeah. Okay. Reminder. Well, if you're listening to my show, there's a whole two. I don't. I don't know. No. <laughs> um. So I'm JJ Rose seven seven seven. I am a psychic, paranormal investigator, as well as metaphysical teacher, minister, and energy entity remover and light worker, and also a white witch. She's so a witch. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said minister, when you said minister, I thought you were going to say a menace. <laughs> <laughs> I can be a menace. <laughs> oh, I know. It's happened before. <laughs> Phantom menace. The only thing she left out was dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> now that's why I don't show my face, Eric. <laughs> oh. Only to the pain customer. Oh, my sense now. <laughs> A lot of people just mouth oh. math. Oh. <laughs> oh man. I'm crying. Cat, it's your turn. Okay. I'm Cat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart Podcast. And I'm also a paranormal investigator here in the Ottawa Valley in Ontario, Canada. Uh taking a little break from investigating, just too much stuff going on in the real real life right now. So um uh, focusing on my podcast. Ooh. Awesome. And we've got the fantastic, we've got Tim with us tonight. Tim. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Sedano with Paranormal Insight, host of that show, I should say. Also a paranormal investigator with my paranormal partner, JJ Rose 777. We have three other people outside that who help us as well. Uh, welcome to the show and happy Halloween. Oh, so I would have said I... that. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Eric Slodgy. I am the host of the Uncomfortable Podcast. And I talk about all things fringe topics. Anything that is under the umbrella of strange and paranormal, you will find wonderful examples of that throughout my library of shows. It's a pleasure to be here and happy Halloween. Awesome. Awesome. I am Tommy Cullum, host of Let's Get Freaky podcast. And I am so excited to have you guys all together 
under one room <laughs> or one screen. Uh -oh. Say. Yeah. Uh oh, hang on, guys. I stopped recording for some reason. Oh, you oh, broke it. I didn't even. I didn't even touch God. anything. Can you introduce yourself again? <laughs> <laughs> Can you start your uh, start again, uh, Tommy? Sorry, that's yeah. when it cut out. Okay. Oh, that's weird. So I am Tommy Cullum, host of Let's Get Freaky podcast, and I am so excited to have us all together in one room or screen, shall I say. Virtual room. <laughs> Virtual room. Did I say that the same? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here. So, <laughs> that's the gang's counts. all here. Shall we yeah. start with recent paranormal experiences? Oh, uh, sure. What's been going now, on? Don't go to me first. <laughs> I request to go last. Okay. Really? Okay. And, okay. And probably with good reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Because JJ? no one, because it sounds really intriguing, and nobody will want to listen to the rest of the show after we speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. All of ours are really boring. <laughs> <laughs> this is as recent as uh, Saturday, so yeah, I, which is three days ago at the I'm point of this recording. At the yeah, so this yeah. Come, yeah, I'm excited to hear that, man. I am excited. That's gonna be fun. Well, does anyone else have anything? Have you, kind of have you had basic. any <laughs> well, that's it's that, basic it's that car one um that car. jj that um tommy and jj know about so um so the town that i live in um is just really small so whenever i have to get my groceries i have to drive 20 minutes 20 30 minutes to the next town uh to the walmart and get all our groceries there and so my daughter and I were coming home. So in between the two towns, there's a stretch on the road that is, uh, there's no houses, it's just trees. And then there's there's fields on both sides of the road. And we have wild turkeys, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And one day we're coming back from getting groceries and I can't, JJ, I think I was just thinking of you that first time. And yep. I, I, I saw this burst of white yellowish light and I, I was a passenger, so I had to text her, say, hey, is everything okay? You know, this is what I saw. My daughter's driving. And all of a sudden, the car, uh, the dashboard, all the lights start chiming, going, bling, bling. So she pulls over, pulls the car over, uh, and it stalls. And we're like, okay, that's kind of funny. So we waited, a, you know, a little bit, and we decided to start the car again. It's not starting. So I had to call my husband, and I'm like, yeah, can he come save us? The car just kind of died on us and he goes what do you mean i'm like what do you mean what do i mean it won't start it died he goes okay i'll be there in like five minutes so he shows up of course he can start it and not a problem it's like okay didn't think anything of it um other than jj had said that she was doing um an episode and uh she was putting out light just for protection and i was picking up on it and then the car the car stalled uh can't remember how many days afterwards I'm coming back from town again and it happens again at the exact same spot and I'm thinking okay this is kind of you know it chimes again biddling biddling pull over right away and it just stalls and we're like okay the same spot first time yeah it happens I have an old car it's a 2012 Ford Fiesta it happens it's old um second time okay I'm starting to suspect things right um and then a few days later, it happens for a third time at the exact same spot. We're just like, what in the actual hell is going on here? 
So of course, JJ and Tommy like take pictures. I take pictures, but it, I don't know what I was thinking. I probably wasn't. I took pictures through the car windows. So <laughs> being a paranormal investigator, I just failed right there because you can have any glares on the window. So if I thought I picked up something, it's probably just glare on the window. Uh, so that was an epic fail. But um, so then notice one day that my daughter went to take the car and the tire, one of the tires was flat. Apparently, we've been driving on the rims. We're just digging into the tire. My husband says, I don't know how you did not have a blowout. Um, you are so lucky. Um, bought all new tires. And anybody who knows anything about vehicles, you don't bust, just buy one tire. You got to either get two or four. So we bought two. We bought four tires, changed them all. It has not happened since. Uh, it is the weirdest thing. So I went to town today. When I came home at that same spot, I actually said out loud, Thank you so much for whoever, whatever you are, for looking out for us. Um, uh, we really appreciate it. Please keep looking out for us. <laughs> um, I really have no idea. Even my husband, when I told him, he says, okay, three times is kind of, there's no coincidences. At the same spot, three times, you know, and like I said, he, he does, and my husband's a mechanic in the military, and he's like, I don't know how you did not have a blowout. I don't know. I It, it, it just escapes him. He was like, you are so friggin' lucky. So well, I do chalk it up to paranormal. Okay. For sure. But there's one part that you're missing, Kat, that you forgot to state. Oh. Each time it happened, remember what you saw? It was almost like it was Groundhog oh, oh, Day. Totally forgot. There was a guy on yeah. a bicycle just driving his bike doo, 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 doo. you know the first time it happened we passed the guy on the bike and then that's when it happened second time guy on the bike pass him it happened it was just like what third time he was not there though it was mm -hmm. two first times but still just like i never see anybody riding bikes on that stretch of road so well and, and you had sent i mean she had sent pictures to tommy and i and it's it's pretty rural like it's kind of i mean it's beautiful but it's definitely middle of nowhere and the spot is very specific where she stalled there's almost a little um what do you call that like a turnout or yeah like a little part on the side of the road oh just yeah kind like, of perfect yeah yeah it's just uh um like the shoulder of the road is just a, a dirt you know so i was able yeah. to just pull off at that spot but it's only dirt in that specific spot. The rest of it's all grass or ditch. Yeah. So the fact that it happened three times in the same spot and you know it's the same spot because that's the only part of that road that has that. Yep. I think, I mean, that sounds alien-ish. Yeah. With the whole I was going to ask if you saw anything overhead because that is a classic UFO thing. Uh, classic during the daytime you know uh, but that doesn't mean anything uh but i was looking at the skies trying to see if i could spot something and i did okay. not but um i a couple of times i was driving too but after we pulled over i'm kind of scanning the sky and i didn't see anything but okay. um it doesn't mean they're not there Fair enough did you check the clock was there any missing time or anything like that no no that i i, I do know there was no missing time that would have been interesting, though. Yeah, yeah, that would have. <laughs> that was one of the first things that I that any missing time, like after yeah. the second time it happened. 
That was yeah, it, yeah. What time is it right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Was it the same time as well? No, it was in the afternoon all three times, but not the same time. But you saw the bike guy twice. That's it. Yeah, the two first times. Yeah. Same guy. Interesting. Dressed the same? I believe so. Yeah, he still had the same bait because he had a baseball cap, uh, jeans, and I can't remember what his shirt was. But yeah, because I remember the second time I said, oh, look. That there's that guy again to my daughter riding his bike, and she goes, "Oh yeah, kind of, kind of weird." And then we pass him, and the chimes start coming on. So the 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 light on the dash that came on was uh, the battery that your batteries did, and they're just like, um, "Oh, everything, nothing else came on but the battery." Okay. So we pulled over, and yeah, it was really weird. So when, the first time when my husband came to rescue us, um, he had his multimeter and everything. He's checking everything, and he says there's power there's like the battery's fine i don't know why um you just stalled and uh he starts it up not a, not a problem okay so, it's like okay now i had a similar thing happen to me we were in the middle of a solar storm at the time so i think it was a lot of emp stuff that was happening to my okay. car but my van would not turn over full battery the wow. whole thing and hmm. then i'd wait five minutes no problem but uh so I, I knew it was the solar storm. So maybe that's one explanation. But well, I mean, the same exact spot is what is what really throws me off that uh, theory. Yeah. Oh, well, the and, third. The, and, go ahead. Sorry. The the other thing, Tim, is because I do watch the solar activity so much. When she had told me that that was something that I had thought too, okay. and we were not in the middle of a solar storm. Oh, interesting. So I ruled that okay. one out the first two times. The third time it happened, after uh, we were able to start the car again, I just waited a minute or two and it starts up, not a problem. Drive away and I looked at my daughter and I said, um, you know, I wonder if there was somebody, like maybe there's a body in that location, in that field, uh, trying to tell us something. And all of a sudden, oh. it happened again. And I had to pull over and it stalled. I thought I told you that part. Oh, so uh -oh. yeah. Uh, but then I guess I pulled over. Um, it was really, really weird. And, that is um, weird. Yeah. So then pulled over, waited a minute, started up. Not a problem. Haven't had the issue since. Um, well, then we got new tires right away. And mm -hmm. uh, actually it was the next day that we were able to get them installed. So uh, no issues ever since. Okay. I mean, I'm no mechanic. Me neither. But... I do know that tires don't cause the entire, you know, board to light up and the car to stall. Yeah. yeah. I've but gotten it's that like... far in life, mechanically. <laughs> <laughs> Gas goes here, key goes here, we're good. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, but... typically, historically, tires aren't tied to any of the electrical system. Newer cars no. in the past 10 years, they have sensors that uh, in... Yep form you if you have a tire that's low so yeah. those are tied into the electrical system but um simply as a, a a solenoid that would kick on or kick off to determine if the pressure was had changed and was too low so i wouldn't really yours is that. a 2012 though correct yep yeah i don't think they had those back then i do have tire sensors in there but the um, they do uh, okay yeah uh and it wasn't on 
So uh, another strange thing, how, you know, my my husband said, I don't know, because because the, the tire was just chewed to bits, he said, like just where, where the rims are. Um, mm. So I probably hit some potholes, bent the rim a little bit, and it was just digging into the into the tire. So, but, um, but still no, it, no, no alarm. That was, yeah. Yeah. And you have that system. So had it happened at different places, I probably wouldn't have thought paranormal or aliens or anything like that, but because it happened at the same spot every time, yeah. um, we, that is there's, there's no coincidences. Nah. And the fact that you had the dead body question and then haha it's like what did you yeah. ever investigate that no uh there's usually uh, a decent amount of vehicles uh on that road uh and it's only two lanes like one lane both way going both ways so i um i would like to maybe on a quiet weekend go with my emf detector or something uh audio That's recorder good. and just uh check it out i do plan on doing it but i haven't had a chance yet if you end up finding that bicyclist dead, that's gonna freak me out. Oh man! Oh, I didn't oh, consider I that that was a ghost. Thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's didn't smart. even that's think good. of that. Ooh, that's my part, yeah, ladies I, and gentlemen. Right, goes <laughs> <laughs> over. Um, we're all born in Canada. <laughs> Drop mic. <laughs> I'm on my way. Um, yeah, it was interesting because you really kept going on about you know, you, you felt there was a dead body and I was like, girl, take your camera and go look up in the sky. Yeah. I, but I, I mean, never think both the battery being dead, even though it wasn't dead, but you know, that was the main reason why it wasn't restarting yep. also is a paranormal thing. I mean, you know, Tim on investigations, we've had batteries die. Oh yeah. Inexplicably. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. That's an intriguing some, story. Something was looking out for us. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Guardian Angels won. <laughs> <laughs> I have more than one because I need an army. No. <laughs> it just gets so yeah. tired. <laughs> oh, my wings are killing me. I had to look over cat today. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> This girl's going to kill me. <laughs> I think I need backup on this one. <laughs> you know, you see those pictures of an old woman. She's she's an angel and she's drinking and she's smoking. Well, yeah, the, I think those are my guardian angels. <laughs> the Van Halen guardian angels. <laughs> Remember that cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right on, right on. Right, anyone else... Had any other weird things happen recently? I mean, I have weird stuff happen every day. So. Yeah. She woke up this morning. <laughs> <It happened>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel no. like I'm getting more weird stuff happening. Like, I feel like it's it's happening more and more. And I, and I talk about it on the show and stuff, and I, I bet people are like, come on, man, how's this happening to him? But it is happening. There's weird stuff happening. I don't know if you invite it. I don't know, but it's weird. Possible. There's weird stuff happening all the time. I, I can think it's just because you. you're more aware. Looking more aware for sure. Also, you know, the fact that you're looking into it and things look back, but also, you know, we did our Tommy, you, Eric, and I did our PSA back in January of this year, actually. And 
you know, that was all about the veil not coming back. It's still not back. Oh, and here I was going to ask you about where, that. Yeah. I mean, and here we are, you know, entering spooky season, which is normally the time that the veil starts going down. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little nervous <laughs> for the fact that it's in such shreds. Like, is it going to go away more? Because, okay, mm. if you think you're seeing stuff now, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because when, when we done that episode, I can't believe that was in January. That seems yeah. like. Yeah. Where's your shit gone, man? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cheers gone by. Fast. It seems, Tommy, like you and I just met like a couple of months ago and it's been, what, a year? Yeah. 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 I think we recorded our first time was October last year or September last year, I think. So, yeah, this time last year. You had only only been doing your podcast for a couple of months. Like, it wasn't very long, and I was really impressed. It's like, holy hell. (laughs) I can't believe how quick that's. It just seems like a million followers on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying. Every bearded man (laughs) in the world (laughs) follows him. The beard gang. (laughs) <laughs> we've, we've all got cool beards though man obviously the ladies haven't but we... <laughs> thankfully yeah because this would be called a beard way. but not the traditional <laughs> sense <laughs> my french jeans didn't come out <laughs> oh man <laughs> That well, it took me a while Ward, to catch that. And gentlemen, you can send your complaints to Cat Ward, care of Paranormal, Paranormal Heart Podcast. <laughs> Maybe you should apologize in French. Désolé, désolé. Excuse. Can you speak full French, Cat? Yeah, I've lost a lot of it over the years. My husband doesn't speak it, um, but it's nice. The hotel that I work at, we have a lot of French uh, guests because uh, Quebec is just next to us, and we get a mm. lot of uh, French-speaking uh, uh, guests there, so I get to practice, which That's is really cool. nice. And That's because excellent. I'm from Because I'm from the East Coast, I'm Acadian French, which is totally different from Quebec French. So I'll I'll tell them, uh, I'll say it in French first. I'll say, j'espère que vous pouvez comprendre mon accent acadien which means I really hope that you can understand my Acadian accent. And then they'll say, we, oui, madame, we, oui, madame, say, you know, and then they say, we love your accent. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I struggle with English. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how you do too, man. <laughs> Just raise that way. <laughs> Kat, I got to ask you, um, one of my favorite shows to watch is Letter Kenny. Oh, yeah. Is, is that? Is that show as popular up there it as is. it seems like it should be? Yeah, I love that show. I even drink Pupper's beer. Do you really? <laughs> Which is, it's real? Yes, it's real, yeah. Oh, my God. We have God. it in our liquor stores here. Yeah, it's uh, actually filmed in Sudbury, which is about five five to eight hours from me. I can't remember how far it yeah. is, but yeah, I love that show. You What's know, it called? It's Letter called Kenny. Letter Kenny. Yeah. It is there. This was years ago. I found a a YouTube short that I showed my kids because I just, it, it struck me as hilarious. And, and it's not because it's so funny. 
it's it's the I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay, so the episodes the episodes are like twenty two or twenty three minutes long. Oh, but the amount of words that are spoken in that show by each character probably double that of any other hour long program. They talk fast. They talk like it, the the writers for that show put so much effort into the scripts because it, there's just, it's so much. And what I love about it is I have watched all 11 seasons wow. multiple times because you pick something up new every time you watch it because you just can't keep up with, and the characters are great. I, I just absolutely love the show. How are you now? I can't. I can't how are you? Good news. <laughs> fair. Not so bad. <laughs> to be fair. Yes. Every time somebody at work says to be fair, I just go to be fair. And then they look at me. I'm like, you've never watched Letter Canyon, have you? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I absolutely love that show. <laughs> yep. I need to and, watch this, uh, man. But it yeah, was what I found on YouTube years ago. And I showed my kids before they were even out of high school were these like little three or four minute shorts that they were doing with those same characters. <clears throat> they just didn't have a show yet. And oh. uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, I recommend it to everybody I talk to. Most people look at me like I'm nuts, but it's awesome. I just met you and I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love this gang. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I haven't watched all the seasons yet. I can't remember what season because it's on Crave here uh, in Ontario. Yeah. So my husband and I watch it. And yeah, it's such a funny show. Yeah, I get it on Hulu. And, and literally for years, that 70s show yep. was, like my comfort, was like my comfort show for going to bed. So I would watch a couple episodes. I set the timer on the TV for a half hour, and then I would just fall asleep to it. And that's now that that's off of Netflix and everything, it's turned into Letterkenny. And I honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've been through the seasons because I just every night when I go to bed and if I don't, you know, I've, I'm, I'm late to the game, but I just started watching Yellowstone, which is really kind of outside my, my shows, I, I, it's not, I'm not typically a Western guy, um, but it, I found it to be a very good, very good program. Yeah. Um, so I've been like, you know, trying to break the habit. So I'll put on an episode of that and just set the timer on the TV. And I'm like, fuck, I can't do this. I gotta go back <laughs> and I gotta put letter candy on. <laughs> if they ever take yeah. it off, I'm screwed. I barely get sleep as it is. <laughs> if they take that off, I'm absolutely screwed. The first time I knew that uh, that beer was real, my husband went to the liquor store. Uh, I was working till 11 o'clock at night and uh, I come home and I open the fridge and he says, yeah, he had sent me a text as I picked up a little uh, surprise for you. It's in the fridge. I'm like, OK, so I open the fridge and I'm like, Pepper's beer. It's real. It's crazy. <laughs> I absolutely love yeah. it. <laughs> it's it's a good beer, too. Is it really? Yeah. That's well, awesome. I like it. Yeah. Wish I could send you some. Yeah, wish this you could episode too. brought to you by Letter Kenny. <laughs> <Damn laughs> Puppers beer. <laughs> Get that guy a Puppers. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm going to be checking that's that out for sure. I need to see yes. it. You've sold uh, it. I, ho I hope you. I hope you can get it over there. Yeah, I, I, I not, get it on Hulu. 
Hulu. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. It's great when you get a comfort show that you can just watch over and over again. That's this. Yeah. It doesn't matter really how many is. times you watch it, you know, it gives you a good feeling when you watch it. It's, I yeah. love that. Awesome, guys. Yeah. So, should I tell you some of my recent paranormal experiences? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it, hold on. <laughs> yes. Is it in a forest? <laughs> Not or... in a forest. Not in a forest. Not in a forest. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll start with this one. This happened a couple of weeks ago. I was at a wedding in Essex, which is right near London. And uh, I was the best man. And my good friend, Joey Arbifa, if you're listening, uh, congratulations, Joey Arbifa. Congratulations, Joey. I hope wedding life is treating you well. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, so you've probably had enough already. Um, <laughs> I don't wow. mean that. I don't mean that. Sure. But he's there. Joe, Joe's had some experiences. I'm actually going to get him on the show soon. He's he's one of these guys that's had he's had a few experiences, but he still he still doubts. Is this doubts. the friend you told me about? I think I did. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So he had an experience when he was really young, where he woke up one night, went to the toilet during the night, went back to bed, and he said all his toys were floating in his room. No. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you not believe in the paranormal when something like that has happened? <laughs> Helium. <And laughs> he's like, I don't know. Guess. He's like, I don't know. It was a sleepwalking and dreaming. Like he's, he's, which is fair enough. Like you've got to look at the, all the possibilities. Yeah. But he had that experience and he's had a few other experiences as well that I would say are paranormal. But he still very much doubts it. And anyway, he, he was getting married last week, a couple of weeks ago in a church. Uh, and just before the wedding was kicking off, we was like, should we go toilet quickly? Just before, because it's going to be a while in the church. Let's let's get that out of us. <laughs> so we've gone, we've gone to, um, there was like a little building behind the church. And we've gone in there to go to the toilet before. And nobody else was in there. It was empty. We walked in. And as we walked up to the toilets, there was, I think it was a disabled toilet next to the men's toilet. And we could hear someone in there. It sounded like they was on their phone watching something. And we was like, listen. Letter Kenny. Yeah, probably. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> and, and we was listening. And we was like, what are you watching? Well, who's in there listening to something now? Like, we didn't know. And we were just sort of laughing about it. Anyway, we went to the toilet, come out really quickly, and the door was open, right? And we didn't, nobody else was there. We didn't see anyone leave. And I, as a joke, right, pushed the door open, went, who's in there? Who's in there? Expecting to see someone that we knew in there. And there was no one in there, but me and Joe both heard a voice basically shout something at us. I promise you, it was so, and we looked at each other. What did he say? We couldn't make out what he said. We don't know what it, it was definitely, it was like something shouted at us. And I looked at Joe and he looked at me and I was like, you heard that right? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, we've just had a paranormal experience before your wedding. That is going on the show. Don't hang out with Tommy. If something yeah. weird happens, it's going on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's the chance of that? Even and the then, bathrooms aren't safe. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> sure. And we, we didn't really, we didn't get time to really talk about it the rest of the day because he was getting married and all that. So it was a couple of days later, we had a phone call and, and I said, you remember what happened before the wedding? 
And he was like, yeah, man, what was that? Like something shouted at us. There was something in that toilet that wasn't there. And it was just so weird. And and the fact that he sort of accepts it as well, I find that interesting because he's someone that wouldn't, you know, he'd sort of dismiss it normally, but he couldn't dismiss it because it happened. And it was very weird. Didn't you say the Bolts. music sounded kind of like creepy music? Like yeah. you thought someone was like watching like a horror film or something? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I sort of took at the time. We was listening in for a little bit. I know it's weird. You shouldn't really be listening to people going to the toilet, but it was so loud in the toilet. And we assumed it was one of our friends because it was all our, our friends were there for the wedding. So we assumed it was one of us there. And, or it could have been the vicar. <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> You almost caught the vicar with his pants down. Yeah. We should have had him as a guest on the show. (laughs) The vicar with no knickers. Fit right in. I don't know what he was watching. (laughs) Sounded scary. There was a lot of of screaming going on. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know what it was. It just sounded to me like someone on their mobile phone. But the thing is, they uh, it's hard to explain, but they shouldn't have been able to get out that quick and away from us, whoever was in there. And yeah, so, is it, us, is it possible that there would have been a vent that would have been connected to the other restroom, and maybe somebody was yeah. in there? I did, I did think that that's a possibility. Yeah, for sure, that is a possibility. I didn't, I didn't check the bathroom out after. I should have done really, but just didn't have time. But. Yeah, that's a, that is a possibility, yeah. But we both... How, how close is this place? Can you go back just to, to check it out? Yeah, it's it's just where I'm from originally in Essex. Okay. So I, I will be able to go back there. But it was just it was just so weird how we both sort of looked at each other. Like, what? Like, and, and he's someone that's not into the paranormal. Yeah. So that that's why as well that I was like, that's, that's cool that he's had that experience. <laughs> I was like, you're coming on the show soon, boy. We've got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. It was weird. See a ghost, be a guest. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> it works. That's Tommy, a good do you plan. have anything else? Uh, I had another weird experience with the whole family. This was, I think this was like a week before that happened. So we was all just had a KFC. You got KFC, of course you have. Sure, sure. Uh, so yep. we was eat, we was eating KFC in the car. Um, just gone to the drive through, was eating it in the car. We're all sitting there, just talking. The whole family, kids are in the back, and me and my wife are in the front. And all of a sudden, Ruby's window just started going down on her own, on its own, and she freaked out. Mass like she started crying. She was like, "I'm not touching it," and we was we was laughing because it was. You know, the window was just going down and we we just assumed she'd put her arm on it or something by mistake. But she wasn't touching it, but it was it was very weird. I know that's not <laughs> I don't know what that was. Can a car do that? I don't know. Can a, can you get a you and cat you know? with the car stuff? I know. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> do you also drive a Ford Fiesta? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be do you really? No, no. Oh, no. Jesus. No. It was a Suzuki. A Suzuki Swift. Okay. But it was it was weird because she didn't she wasn't touching it and it was just going down on its own. Now was the car was there a malfunction? It's never happened before. It's never happened. It's not happened since. But she wasn't touching it. My wife wasn't touching anything. I wasn't touching anything. The kids were freaking out. 
Mm. And yeah, it was weird. It was another weird experience. Yeah. So that's another that's, one. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. That's 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 different. Yeah. Brace yourself for more. <laughs> I also saw a UFO Saturday, possibly. This Saturday. Did you really? Really? Yeah. Super that on in. Okay. <laughs> so was it Friday or Saturday last week? I was on the beach at night. I was all on the beach. Sometimes we go on there and have a little barbecue on the beach with the family. And I'm always, as you know, I'm always looking, always trying to see UFOs and stuff because I love it. And we both saw, me and Lois both saw this light in the sky that was quite low down, really bright. And we was like, oh, that's a plane. That's a plane. I was watching it. No, that's a plane. But it's not moving. And we're like, it's not moving. And it wasn't moving for, it didn't move for ages. And we were just watching it. And I was like, no, it's not a UFO. It's too obvious. <laughs> it's just there. And all of a sudden I went, right, I'm going to take a picture of it. <laughs> got my phone out. As soon as I got my phone out, it was just gone. Of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I mean, it was weird. Always the way we have it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, was it a it's UFO? Like, oh, crap. He saw us. Yeah. This is going to go on Instagram. No. <laughs> So yeah, that was my other weird experience recently. Very recent. So, yeah. I've had a few. A few recently. Oh, another thing that keeps happening. This okay, this is weird. Um so I, I've started napping during the day, which I don't normally do. It's quite a new thing that I've started having 10 minutes during the day. Called getting older, Siesta. Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that before though, because it makes me feel it makes me feel rough. If I have like 10 minutes during the day and I wake up, it like ruins me for about an hour. But I've started to do it because I'm getting older. And I've just but got this. In, in fairness, though, you you live your life on American time. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, I mean, so, I mean, that's not necessarily an age thing. You have, you have altered your, your sleep routine to accommodate. Yeah. Yeah. North kids, American time zones. Yeah. So I go to bed very late and then the kids get me up very early <laughs> every day. So that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm having little power naps during the day and I, I've just, I keep having this weird thing recently where I'm not thinking of, obviously, I'm, I'm just trying to relax. I'm laying there. I'm trying not to think about anything. And I shut my eyes, and I'm not asleep. And you know when you shut your eyes and you see patterns in your eyes? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can see faces and stuff. Yeah. Does anyone get that? Yep. It's just a normal oh, yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah. You, can, you can see stuff. And I've been doing that, and I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, this might sound a bit weird, but I'll just see, like, a picture of something like for example the other day it was it was like a spaceship that i've never seen before but like perfect like just as if i'm just as if it's like a perfect picture if that makes sense yeah i know what you mean and i'm like that's it, it, it sort of freaks me out in that moment and i'm like that's weird like, that's not just mm -hmm. seeing something in my eye any ideas what that could be guys because it's weird and it's been happening a little quite a lot recently i don't know what that could be well you're just so you close your eyes i just want yeah. to clarify <laughs> you close your eyes and you see a very vivid picture yeah and sometimes it's a face of someone that someone i don't know 
Okay. Sometimes you get there. Just, but would you when say you sh- when you show this picture, yeah, or it's not it perfect. More like an outline. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if it was like the outline you sometimes see. Because sometimes when you shut eyes. shut your eyes and you can see patterns and then you can make a face. Yeah. So that's something I've always done. But this is different. This is like a clear picture comes to me. Okay. Yeah. I've and, had if, that and it's weird. Yeah. Oh, you've had that. Uh, yeah, I've had that. That's weird. I yeah, had a, I had a oh, okay. a, an episode in my 30s, I believe it was, where for about a week, whenever I closed my eyes, it was like my eyelids were clear. It was weird. I could literally turn my head, look around the room, and I can identify where things were perfectly in three dimensions like you do, as if they weren't closed at all. And it was unnerving because I go to sleep that way and I'd wake up that way. And it was, what is going on? And I couldn't, I couldn't really suss it out. And it only lasted for like maybe a week, week and a half, two weeks. But it was, it was a fascinating, almost paralyzing thing because it was hard to fall asleep. But I mean, to be able to have almost x-ray vision whenever you close your eyes, to be able to identify every surface and uh, stuff like that whenever even though your eyes were closed, it was bizarre. It was like um, uh, Daredevil. You ever see that movie Daredevil where you, mm-hmm. you hit yeah. something and he gets the picture? It was like that, but it was way clearer. It was amazing. Wow. I get, uh, so there's, there's times, and I'll preface it by saying that I'm not really like trying to remote view or to astral project or anything like that. Um, But there are times where I do lay down. I may not necessarily be super tired and I will, I will close my eyes, but stay awake and try to, I don't know, just kind of, yeah, it might you might want to call it like a an odd meditation? Um, you know, sometimes I'll <clears throat> sometimes I'll just like do it to slow my heart rate, or um, try to. I don't even I, I, honestly. I mean, there's it's like I'm doing it on purpose, but I don't really know what the purpose is. You know, it's not like I'm attempting to do something. Um, and when that happens, I, I many times, most times, will start to see faces that kind of come out of nothing. They're not super, uh, they're not super bright. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a dark world because my eyes are shut. Um, but I start to see faces and, and they morph. They, they're like, it's like constantly changing. I get, I get one specific face for long enough to not recognize it because it's not anybody I know, but you know, you, you get a pretty vivid image of this face, but it's, it's always continuing to, to move and change. And then it, there's times where they start to become grotesque and there's times where they start to become, um, 
oddly innocent looking, but there's a, there's an odd weirdness to it. You know, it's just, um, yeah. I, I mean, I have no idea what that's about. I don't know if that's just your, your brain relaxing and starting to put together, you know, because if you, if you close your eyes and you, you know, basically keep your eyes looking at the inside of your lids, you're going to get little flashes of light, little sparks, little, you know, hints of this and that glows and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, if it, it's, it's happened a number of times where I just get this like, and it's not necessarily like set front and center of me. It, it can be, <coughs> excuse me. It can, you know, to say you're using your peripheral vision while your eyes are closed kind of sounds you can't but it would be like over here and i'm not seeing it directly but i'm seeing it clear enough to recognize that it is constantly changing and morphing into something i mean grotesque is not a is not a stretch to to say that those those faces get pretty freaking weird um i don't ever really have any feeling that accompanies it other than I wonder why I wonder why my brain is prone to going to that multiple times rather than, you know, why am I not seeing a car morph into a sailboat into something else? Why is it always a face? But, um, I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah. That's interesting. That's very similar to how I, I would, I see that as well. That's how I perceive it as well, like that. That happens quite a bit to me, too. It's that weird, that's like pareidolia with your eyes closed. It's it's uh, bizarre. It's a bizarre sensation. Yeah. What's, what's weird is that sometimes when I'm getting it recently, it's definitely different recently for me, where it's like a clear face comes up. And I don't know who the person is. I don't know. It can be a man, a woman. It changes as well. Like Eric was saying, it morphs into new. And sometimes as well, it can be something grotesque and then it looks horrible or whatever. And other times it's just a normal woman can come up or a normal man. And I don't know who it is. It's very weird. And a lot of, and recently, a lot of the time it's happened recently, I've sort of been relaxed and it sort of makes me jump because it's so clear. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my mom gets that, Tommy, where she says it almost looks like an old film screen pops up and like it's showing her almost like a movie in slow-mo um, or like like the very, very old films like back in the silent days where it would just suddenly like switch to a new scene. A bad and switch it's very cuts, abrupt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but like not fluid how we would do it now, yeah. but right. almost switch like cut, with a yeah. gap in between of like, oh, you're going to see something else. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I get that even during meditations, the face thing, Eric, like you were saying, and you, Tommy, as well, um, you know, they'll come up and then some of them will distort and get really ugly and some of them will come up and then they'll change to something else. So, yeah. I've had a couple right. approach me like like similar to what you said watching the movie screen, but they'll start a conversation, they'll reach out to shake my hand. 
and uh, and then they go <laughs> warfy and weird and stuff like that. It's like, well, okay, that's that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't recall like shoulders, hands, arms, full not bodies, really. anything. Everything for me is always very much centralized around the face. That's interesting. I I see the whole top of the body, if not the whole body sometimes. You know, and this may be a clue to it as well, because like (laughs) um, I I am very prone to uh, seeing things in abstract shapes. So, um, so? like, so say take a, a take a tile on like the floor, you know, like a, a linoleum tile or you know like a tile in your kitchen floor or maybe in your kitchen or your bathroom floor. Um, if there's like just an abstract color, you know, that marbling or whatever that looks like it goes through it, I will I will have moments where I kind of I kind of check out. I know what you mean. I know. And, and I'm looking at, and I'm seeing like the shape of uh, the, for example, like uh, the, the outline of the silhouette of a face, or I'll (laughs) see, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm very artistic in my nature. So, I don't know if that's something that I'm always looking for subconsciously looking for something to put it together. I mean, I understand pareidolia is, is a very powerful thing. And, you know, your brain wants to replace the absence of something with something that makes sense. So it's not unlikely that it could be that, but I find it strange that it's been throughout my life that me too. I, I, I will like see a pattern and sometimes I check out and, you know, I kind of zone into that and I see, I see things and, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I see dead people or, you know, I see aliens or something in the tile. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, aliens in the tile. That's my next movie. Aliens in the tile. (laughs) A linoleum horror story. Linoleum is horrible, but no, Eric, I, I have the same thing. So, um, at my mom's house, uh, there's very old wallpaper in one of Mm -hmm. the bathrooms and it's a very intricate pattern right but it repeats and i had this intense experience forever ago um in which it kind of like you like i was sitting in there and i I just kind of zoned out and i could feel spirit talking to me and i wasn't quite understanding it and literally the pattern started changing to like show what it was saying and after that experience you know obviously I did what I had to do after that experience like go write it down and whatever I was asked to do and then the next time I went over there I went to go look at the pattern in order to see could I replicate that nothing wasn't able to wasn't there I'm boring because so, you know, I've never ever encountered anything like that. Well, Pat, I, I, Kat, you just need to look at more linoleum. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or stucco walls or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coming to the theater, New Year. <laughs> this is a spooky season, Linoleum. <laughs> the horror of Linoleum. <laughs> it's dirty. It's white. Which is it? Get out your mop. <laughs> Clean the grout. <laughs> it's in Linoleum. <laughs> oh man that's great that's too funny that's <laughs> our hoot <laughs> so what would you brought to you by marble <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of marble that the pattern thing that happened to me it's happened to me several times throughout my life where you're like you said in the kitchen in, in the bathroom whatever but it's mm. marbleish, right Right. What's happened to me is the darker parts have separated from the white parts almost three dimensionally. I've had that happen myself. I was just gonna, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Now, like, yep, I have. It, it's like yeah. the darker part is floating above. Right. The yeah. That was that, that's gotta be a, some kind of an optical <laughs> illusion, you know, that you're yeah. focusing on one thing more than the other. Right. But, yeah. And it, any- I think it does i'm sorry go ahead Kat. okay uh, has have any one of you ever done acid because it sounds like an acid trip yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> i haven't anyway yeah what we'll state was we no in <laughs> no i am uh, i have been um very uh against the drug usage uh, for all 58 of my years so yeah uh, same. that is yep. not not something i dabble in so when, when I tried, was... I tried the marijuana once, and it was a horrible experience. It was the worst experience of my marijuana. life. I vomited so hard; it was gross. I <laughs> <laughs> know we're all over the age of thirty-five when we put the before the name. <laughs> the Facebook, the marijuana. I saw it on the Facebook. Is that what you're laughing? At? That's funny. <laughs> I read okay. it on the Twitter. I read it on the Twitter. <laughs> you gotta say dot com. <laughs> I've I've never actually done any drugs or anything like that. I, I, alcohol, beers, yeah, a lot of that, but never, never, never touched any drugs. But I'm hearing a lot of people talking about mushrooms and the trips that they have, and it sounds quite interesting. Does very much. I've so. never done that. If I had the, if I had the balls to do it, um, one of the things that I think I would like. To experience would be <laughs> either DMT or hmm. ayahuasca. Um, I don't and, even know and, what any of that is. And I, I would never do it. I would never do it. But um, I've I've read enough that there seems to be a significant reset that happens to people that um, partake in that and. Um, their experiences, whether it be DMT or ayahuasca individually, um, their, their experiences are extremely repeatable with whoever, with whoever does that. They all seem to see the same types of light energy beings. Um, they all have the same experiences of feeling very welcomed into this bizarrely colorful and geometric world 
Um, they feel like they're being greeted by people that know them deeply and intimately. Um, hmm. So that that's something that is very interesting to me. Um, yeah. I I would never have the the balls to to do that because I would be the one that would end up having the the really bad trip and come out of it <laughs> drooling with a cup duct tape to the side of my chin for the rest of my life. I've spoken yeah. to people that have had that experience and it's changed their life. They ch- change how they mm-hmm. see the world. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds. Well, DMT is something that our brains make naturally. Mm-hmm. So if you're a very vivid dreamer, like myself, I don't just have dreams. I have epic sagas that Spielberg Same. would probably check out yeah. at some point. Um, <laughs> I used to bore my mom with them. She's like, how is this dream still going on? It's been two hours. Um, so you can actually work on making more in your brain. There are actual you know, sober activities you can do in order to increase it. Um, ayahuasca on the other hand it is a whole different thing it's actually a type of poison just like mushrooms mm-hmm. and I was say it's a plant plant based right yeah. it is it's and it's a very eclectic mixture of plants which involve a poison which mushrooms do the same thing basically you're slowly poisoning your body and then you go into this whole kind of head trip but the the issue with ayahuasca that i found recently never done it don't want to is if you're not in a place that's energetically safe and you don't have, I knew someone who had a really, really bad experience. They were in a um, conference room. There was supposedly a shaman. There was security looking over everyone and everyone else apparently had this amazing journey except for this one person. And they had to not only remove them from the facility, they had to put them basically in a padded room for three days, um, strapped down because of how physical this person got. So, you know, just because it sounds like a cool thing to do and, you know, there's a shaman named whatever, uh, there, you know, don't, don't always recommend some, some things I think aren't meant for everyone. Right. Well, I, I met at the very first conference that I ever vended at um, in support of the show. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I had a gentleman and his wife come up to me and he was very, I mean, he was very nice, but when he walked up, he was kind of, there, there was almost a, a smugness to the look. He was like, you know, like trying to figure out what my, what my booth was. You know, and, you know, finally I told him it was a podcast about, you know, all high strangeness. And um, it was actually at a Bigfoot conference and he had had an interest in Bigfoot, but he started to tell me that he had done ayahuasca. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. And I had just watched a... Um, I think it was a documentary on Prime about uh, the use of DMT and and those types of trips, and uh, so I was really interested in talking to him, and we we kind of got into it, and he it was like 
what you said, Tommy, it was a life changing experience for him. He came out of it with a, um, for himself, a, a much clearer understanding of his relationship with our creator. And, um, you know, it was an incredibly blissful experience for him. He went down to Florida. There was a, um, some kind of a resort or retreat that you could, I don't think it was like readily publicly available to, you know, like, Hey, go to our website and come down here and go on a ayahuasca trip. I don't think, I don't know that it's illegal, <laughs> <clears throat> but he was, uh, he was able to go down there. He went down there with his wife and it was a, it was a three or four day ordeal. And you go down there and you sit through, you know, a lot of, um, coaching seminars and, and stuff, you know, where you're told what you can expect and, and how it's going to react with your body because ayahuasca part of ingesting it, you get extremely sick. Um, and, but overall the experience was fantastic for him. And I'm like, dude, I, I want to get you on the show. I want you to talk to people about this. And he's like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, you know, why not? And he's like, because the dude that was beside me, his trip was horrible. He said he came out of it just a mess. And he's like, I can't take the responsibility on my shoulders of going on and telling people how wonderful it was for me and have somebody decide to do that for themselves based on what I said, because the guy that was beside me did not fare well. So yeah. I'm glad he took responsibility for that because a lot of people yeah. don't. They have good trips and then they want to tell everyone you should do it mm. without understanding that not everyone's built to withstand that psychologically um, yeah. as well as physically, you know, different bodies, different reactions. But, you know, I'm very anti-drug and, you know, we come in with a spiritual web and when you do drugs and even alcohol and certain other things in life, um, it starts ripping that web away. And I've, I know one person who did a ton of hallucinogens and I mean, their web was so ripped that there was stuff jumping in and out all the time. It didn't matter how many extractions or how much energy protection work, et cetera. It was just, it was constant. Don't, yeah, do don't do drugs, kids. This <laughs> <laughs> got real serious. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Don't do drugs. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It is. Because yeah. when you talk to people and they go to these places and they, they come across other entities and stuff, you know, are they really going somewhere else? That's the question. Are, are they really? And it's, I just find it fascinating. My uh, friend did a sweat. He went to uh, one of the Olone tribe near here. He went to a sweat, did a sweat lodge. And uh, he had a weird experience. You know, he, it was, he says I was on a, a bad or not a bad trip, but I was on a trip without being on anything. And just because the intense heat and the chanting and all that stuff just got him into that zone. 
And he said he talked to, I think it was his uncle, his Tio. And uh, he is, uh, he, who had been dead for years. Uh, and he says, I just had this great conversation with him and I realized how much I missed him because he was kind of a bad dude, you know, in life. Uh, some, I don't know, motorcycle gang guy or something like that. And he was not very well liked in the family. In fact, everyone said, stay away from this guy. He's your T.O. and his family and all that. Yeah, but I mean, he's just a bad dude in general. And uh, But he got to talk to his T.O. I guess as his ghost or spirit, at least in this sweat experience. And he says he regretted never talking to his T.O. in real life because he says, I knew there was more to the man than what I was told. And the sweat just wow. kind of proved that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are sober, insane ways that you can do things. I mean, meditation is one. Um, in sweat lodges, obviously, you have to be extremely careful and be with, you know, people who actually know what they're doing because there was that yeah. horrible thing that happened some years ago with people who didn't know what they were doing. But yes. Yeah, I mean, the DMT thing, honestly, it, it is worth something like if you're not a dreamer or if you don't dream at all or don't remember your dreams, um, start writing them down. Um, and there are mental activities you can do to actually boost natural DMT production. Well, on that note, that may be a cue for me to tell my story. <laughs> Please do. Yes. Okay. So, vivid dream. This is what happened two days ago. I woke up. It was a Sunday morning or Monday morning. Now I can't recall. But um, I came out of what was. It wasn't banal because some weird shit happened in the dream. But what happened was. I was laid off. And now that's the only reality. I was just laid off of my job to not to pull heartstrings or get sympathy or anything, but it, that's what happened. So, uh, but, and I was down on my luck and I had one person to turn to. And it was this guy I hadn't even thought about in a thousand years. We went to college together and we barely knew each other, but I went to his house and said, Hey, I need a place to crash. And he says, yeah, okay, come on in. Now, he had two roommates with him, and they all three of them worked at the same office. And every night they get drunk and sing karaoke for some reason. <laughs> but they were they, I mean, they were it wasn't just like 70s and 80s songs. They were doing heavy metal songs and all that fun stuff. They're really rock and just pissing off the neighborhood in general. I'm not much of a party guy. So I hang outside and uh, another temporary stay joins me. And it's this beautiful woman, uh, brunette. And uh, she kind of reminded me of a mix between like Megan Fox and uh, the chick from that 70s show married uh, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Mila Kunis. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. So join those two together and you're pretty much in the ballpark. Um, and we got to talk and we were both down on our luck and she was on in the, uh, at the, uh, on her last dollar, basically when her bike broke down 
and the she was able to make it as far as this house. So she's been here. She's doing a part-time job trying to save up. We get the talking. Things go well. Finally, everything calms down, and we ended up together. Middle of the night. Bam, bam, bam on my door. And it's this guy, this friend, old friend of mine from college. But again, not really a friend, more of a close acquaintance, we'll call it. Uh, But anyway, he says, did you hear that? No. What are you talking about? It seems like something hit the side of the house. You got to come outside. Look, help me look around. I do. Okay, sure. I'm a guest here. I'll help out. And now I should lay out what this house looks like. It's basically, it's a trash fire waiting to happen. It really is. It's a dumpster. It's horrible. It's like a junkyard, (laughs) parts of cars everywhere, outside the house and inside the house. So it's just, it's a ramshackle piece of shit. Uh, This guy does not care about a security deposit. So among the piles of junk inside, I grab a baseball bat and we both head outside and the junk, or at least one section of it is toppled. Something weird has happened. And uh, there's this rusty transformer. And I don't mean the robot. I mean like the power distribution system and it has a little red light on it. Still, there's still a charge in there. And next to it is a broom. And it's just floating there ever so slightly off the ground. She's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Very Halloween appropriate. Um, (laughs) So the broom's just floating there. And I said, you're kidding me. So I pick it up and it starts to jerk out of my hand. And I said, whoa, 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 take it easy. Take it easy. I'm talking to a broom. (laughs) And but, you know, like it's a spooked horse and the thing calms down, just rests in my hand. And I don't really think anything of it for whatever reason. I'm totally fine with this broom. (laughs) fly off on its own um (laughs) so we look around and um no sooner do i find this broom than the cops show up and all the neighbors are start piling out their houses because the cops made no you know they came in code three lights and sirens and everything and um start blaming christian for the commotion because apparently everybody heard this crash that i did not hear for whatever reason and uh, they blame Christian and everybody says, oh, no, it's, you know, he's the ruckus. He's the problem. All him and his friends are all horrible people. Well, lo and behold, we all get slapped with disturbing the peace. <laughs> and we have court dates coming up all of a sudden. Um, but I got this broom. So I, I quietly sneak the broom back into the house and, uh, I'm laid off. I don't have a job. These guys, these three guys, my, Acquaintance and his two roommates are up the next morning and they're out of the house in suits at their office. Like they don't know what a hangover is. We'll tell us of that, but, uh, (laughs) and then, um, this, this girl, her name was Elise in the dream, um, leaves too. She's, uh, she has part, I knock something over. She has a part-time job and I'm left alone with the broom. It takes me a day, maybe two, to really get figure out the broom, and it, I can fly it. It's a flying broom. I can ride it. I know I'm laughing too, just telling the story, and <laughs> and I get really good at. It. I can go pretty high, and I fly around during the daytime when no one's home. 
because it doesn't <laughs> matter because no one's home, you know, it, the neighborhood's all at work so, or at school, you know, so I'm zipping up and down the street learning how the broom works and all that fun stuff. And um, I'm getting pretty good at it. Elise and I, and it's weird, this weird little time lapse happens in the dream. Elise and I get closer and closer and closer. We're, you know, more than just buddies now, we're getting serious. And um, I'm, uh, we, we have a heart to heart one night, Elise and I. And uh, she says, I got to get out of here. I can't stand these guys. They keep me up most nights and they're, they're always trying to hit on me. Yada, 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 yada. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. So where were you going? She says, as far as my bike could take me, but then it broke down here. I was like, hmm, okay. You know, I'll keep that in the back of my head. If I find a solution, just car parts everywhere, maybe I can figure it out. And uh, she says, well, we'll figure that out. So it's another day. And um, I'm cruising around another broom again. And I'm noticing something. The flowers on all these little gardens along the walkways of these homes in this neighborhood. Where we were at the, at the cul- end of a cul-de-sac, by the way. They're, gr- they're growing in a very weird, very distinct pattern. If you have a garden, if our neighbor has a garden on the walkway up to the front door, for example, the flowers are popping up in very equidistant segments along this pathway. And the, pet, the, the blooms are pointing toward the sidewalk. They're not following the sun. They're like little tiny... I don't know something that <laughs> they're, they're aimed at where the people go basically on all of the houses. Those who let their gardens go kind of like my friend's house. His house is not the only one who has this, but it's not as popular an option, uh, but they have, um, if you know what a pitcher plant is, it's basically a big overgrown tulip. It's kind of, long bowl-like cylindrical growing out of the um, water, the gutter over the garage. And it's growing with the open spot, open portion of that pitcher plant toward the garage, like a waiting cannon. And all the plant life in the neighborhood is doing this. They're all seem to be poised for an attack of some sort. No wiggly vines or anything. It's like something's going to happen with these balloons. And uh, I'm concerned about this, but it kind of goes in the back of my mind. Anyway, so I land just before Elise comes home. I still haven't told anyone about the broom. Somehow I've managed to keep my secret, even though I'm flying around during the day. And um, which is (laughs) fucking cool. I must I must admit, uh, pardon my French, but um, I Is look the at French the word? French word. <laughs> uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, cat. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Um, I must have got it right. <laughs> so uh, I look at the old transformer where I found the broom and the light's still on. They're still charging this thing. And I'm thinking, well, the transformer and the broom have a weird relationship. So I unscrew the little red light. It's an incandescent light. They're not incandescent in reality, but for whatever reason, this one is a little incandescent light. I unscrew it. It stays lit. 
and I cruise over to Elise's motorcycle covered up by a tarp and it seemed better days. And as her taillight is completely gone, but the socket's still there. So I screw the light into the socket and the bike electrics just come to life. I go over, I start it up and it runs clean. Oh, it's, it's ready to go. Even though the fuel gauge reads empty, somehow it just doesn't matter. So I fixed her bike and we can leave live happily ever after or whatever. So I unscrew the light bulb. I put it back in the transformer and I wait for her to come home. Now I have two fun things to tell her. One, I got a flying broom and two, I fixed her motorcycle. I tell her about the flying broom. She calls bullshit right away. Again, part of my wrench. Um, but um, she, she, um, she said, prove it. So I prove it. I levitate on the broom. I said, you want to go for a ride? Hell yeah. I want to go for a ride. And we take off and she gets scared immediately. We're flying too high. We're flying too fast. Yeah. 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 So I circle back around my land. And I said, well, I got some, I have another thing for you. And I show her the light bulb. I plug it into her motorcycle. Motorcycle comes to life. She's ecstatic. We are going to leave. We are going to go live a life together. And, uh, Again, I said, for safekeeping, we'll just keep in the transformer just for now. She says, okay, that's probably smart. Our, the rest of the house gets home that night, and usual thing, karaoke and drinking. We're in the mood to celebrate. We're going to take off. And um, it's, uh, we're kind of having, uh, uh, one of the guys makes a concoction. And we don't really see what he's putting in it, but he's <laughs> he they're in those super large glasses that uh, they almost look like fish bowls, but they've got the stem and everything. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know the names of those particular containers, but the uh, so he's he's mixing a few things in there. He's kind of giggling throughout throughout the whole time, making it. And I said, "What is this?" And he says, "I call it I call it lemonade, special lemonade." <laughs> okay, what's in it? A little bit of seltzer water, a little bit of lemon liqueur. And no, you know, that's it. And we're all kind of testing it. It's it's zesty and sweet, like lemonade. And then we get a we everyone in the room gets a couple gulps in and Molly. We all spit take. <laughs> Molly. Yes. Good times. We all have court dates coming up. We're gonna be rocked out on Molly. Uh no thanks. So Argument ensues. We're not, you know, what are you doing pushing this stuff here? Yada, yada, yada. In the interim, this loose acquaintance of mine who owns the house, I have a feeling, am I too loud on the mic? Um, he um, pulls Elise aside and they start a little conversation. This is kind of the corner of my eye, but I'm paying attention. And she kind of cocks her head funny. It's like, no. I can't now. And then walks away and he stops her. He gets a little violent with her. And he grabs her arms and she yanks herself away and storms off into a room at the other end of the house. And uh, then he charges at me out of nowhere and says, you took her away from me. They were not together in the dream. And I said, whoa, I, the, you weren't with her at all. And we start arguing. Next thing. Elise walks out of the house and she's carrying a suitcase and she has her biker leathers on with her helmet. And uh, she sees us arguing, puts the suitcases down, walks up to, <laughs> to my friend, and headbutts him with the helmet. 
he goes down like a sack of whatever bricks he goes down bloody nose the whole thing his two friends are so drunk they think it's entertaining yeah oh look at that and we walk out of the house i grab the light bulb i screw the light bulb into the bike i ride in the back the broom i forgot about the broom and i look to the broom and uh, suddenly he comes flying at me and it kind of i bumped the mic i'm so sorry it comes flying at me and hits me in the face and like it sticks there <laughs> Like it's magnetized or something. I said, it's okay, buddy. We didn't forget about you. And I put it on my back and it sticks there anyway. And uh, I we hop on the bike. We drive off and I wake up right at that moment. <laughs> and that is my exceptionally long, almost Halloween story. I got another one if you don't like that. <laughs> that sounded like an acid trip. <laughs> yeah. No Someone's yeah. producing uh, enough DMT in their that's brain. That's a dream, man. <laughs> that was a dream. <laughs> and, you know, it was just weird. Uh, strange dream. Every once wow. in a while, I kept forgetting it was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds amazing. The broom, the karaoke yeah. every night. Oh, it sounds brilliant. <laughs> it's, I should write that up as a script or something. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like was Thor's it, hammer, Tim's broom. It, <laughs> right was it different to a normal dream did that stand out to you because it was did it did it feel so real it was surprisingly real i mean because it, it echoed moments in my life too because the layoff and all that fun stuff but um nothing fun about that but there was yeah so these these real elements the guy i knew from college i mean it didn't strike me as weird that i ran into him or that his house was a complete sty. It's like I knew you would end up with a place like this, uh, you know that kind of thing. The so there were elements in it that just felt too real. The fact that I got the pretty girl, yeah, that always happens. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was uh, it was the. <laughs> I always love flying dreams. I don't have them often at all, but when I got to fly the broom, that was probably the best thing in the world. That was, yeah. that was just too much fun. The friend that the friend that you, your college friend, do you yeah. know where, where he is now? But I don't. Um, it'd be interesting to the, see if you see him or something like that in the next few days. Cause that, yeah, that'd be really weird. You beat yeah. me to it, Tommy. I was going to ask if he'd seen <laughs> him happens. recently. Yeah. If Lois, if you no. see him, you have to ask, you have to let us know. Yeah, for sure. I'll see. I'll ask him if he has, lives in a yeah. junk card of a house. Track him down on Facebook or something. No, Lois does that. Lois does Who? that. She'll, my wife, she'll have a dream. And she'll be like, I dreamt about such and such. And then a couple of days later, we'll hear from him. Or we might oh. see him. It's so weird. She has a lot of dreams like It'd that. It'd be super random if I ran into this guy because we weren't, we were friendly to each other. We weren't friends at all. Not even, even though we were in the same conservatory. Um, I mean, we had a couple of scenes together. I directed him one thing once and that's really about it. I mean, we weren't tight close at, at all. Am I the only one who really, really wants you to meet him now? Yeah. <laughs> I really want it to happen. Let me, let me look him up on Facebook. We got to find him. <laughs> Get him on the show. <laughs> I know everyone's tripping about that. I don't know why the flowers the flowers freaked me out. Pointed in the direction of where the people energy was yeah, is the yeah. biggest part that stood out to me. Besides yeah. the flying broom, which you know is amazing. Um, <laughs> I kept thinking of a Star Trek episode. 
<laughs> they hit you and boom. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Huh. And Spock has feelings all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, there was the <laughs> other one too on the planet with all the natives and that you get oh, that one. Yeah. 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 They had a couple of plants that did that. <laughs> yeah. huh. It's That's interesting. When, when you have dreams like that, that just, I don't know, they seem to, we would have dreams that it just seems to go on for forever. And then you wake up and you're like, man, and you might have only been asleep for an hour. And you're like, I've just dreamt <laughs> so, the whole. Yeah. Yeah. It was bizarre. I've, I've had a few of those type of dreams happen in the past. Uh, I wouldn't say it happens every day, but it happens, I don't know, on average, maybe every four, five, six months. I, I'll have an epic dream. I'm also aware of the fact that I've had repeating dreams and it, they seem to pick up where the uh, I left off before, which is really fun. It's really fun. And I've written a few of those down, but uh, I don't know if they're turning the cohesive stories or not. How do you feel when you wake up? Uh, I, I rode off with the pretty girl. I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I got the girl. So it was cool. <laughs> Um, but the flowers yeah. freaked me out too. The flowers yeah, the, were that was so bizarre too. And they were different breeds too, but they were all behaving in this really bizarre way where they were facing like sidewalks or where the car exits from the garage. And, oh, weird. and I had a little red light thing is yep. weird. Yeah, the train the old 50s transformer, it was rusted all the hell and had a little red light, a little incandescent light on it, which I don't think they had back then. Or maybe they did, I don't know. But um yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Dreams can be yeah. weird, man. I I have another experience. I don't know if I've ever told anyone this, but uh, so if you're if you don't like the dream, I got another one on reserve. Just let me know. <laughs> is well, it is it time for JJ? <laughs> <laughs> it can be, yeah. Or so, are yours and Eric's together? No, mine is separate from him. Okay. But when he says his, I'll he'll guide me when to chime in because obviously I was there when that incident happened. So the incident I'm going to talk about, I, I really wanted to bring something that I haven't talked about before publicly because I feel like, you know, whether it's on my channel or on, you know, your all different shows, like I don't like to repeat myself because I don't know, I find that boring for myself. So this is something I know I haven't gone into great detail with. Um, this is actually when my husband and I pretty much first were together. So we were really, really new. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, I, I know you do. <laughs> so obviously <laughs> I do what I do. Right. Um, and a friend of mine had called me and her son, who was about three at the time was waking up with night terrors. And obviously anything that affects kids really disturbs me and bothers me. And it had been more than just one or two nights. It was, he was describing this man and it was extremely vivid. He was getting up, he wouldn't sleep in his bed. Um, and it was, I think it had been like two or three weeks. So she asked if I would come over and just kind of do a clearing on the room and just check everything out. So I did. Now, at the time, my husband and I, you know, we were still very early and he kind of knew a little of what I did, but 
not fully, right? And I didn't feel the need to share what I was doing with him because we didn't see each other every day in the beginning. And so I went over, I basically did the clearing um, and saw and felt this very ugly man who wore a leather jacket, had a bald head. Um, he was just disturbing this little boy and kind of got rid of it and did what I could. There was one part that I missed though, which was completely clearing and watching my back when I left. So there's, I know this sounds kind of odd, but when you go to a clearing, the way that you drive or how you get there, when you leave, you take another route. You don't go in, you don't go out the same way you went in. I know it sounds odd. It's just, even if it's one little street turn that you take different um, in order to kind of like lose the tail type of thing. Right. So for whatever reason, it was late. It was a work night for me. Right. Like I had to be up early and that was the one part that I forgot. Never mentioned it. Um, and went to work the next day and my friend calls me and she goes, Hey, it kind of worked, but he, you know, he's still uncomfortable in his room. And I was like, give it a couple days, you know? So end up seeing uh, my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband. And again, never say anything to him. So we had gotten together that night, hung out, um, left again, work day, middle of the week. So the next day I'm at work and my friend calls me and she goes, Hey, like it, something's wrong. And I'm like, okay, well, again, like it's a work day. Let's give it another day or two. We'll see what I can do remotely. And she's like, okay. So that night I go home and I'm basically praying and doing some remote work over the little boy's room. And then my now husband um, comes over for the evening and we're hanging out. I say nothing to him. It's not his business. Don't involve people in what I do, right? Like I pretty much keep things quiet unless it needs to be talked about for whatever reason. So we go to bed for the night and he's a very sound sleeper. He's one of those people who can literally like put their head on the pillow and he's out. I am not. So <laughs> I finally get to sleep, you know, two hours later. And all of a sudden in the middle of the night, <clears throat> I am awake, like to the point where I physically sit up in bed and I'm like, what's woken me up? And I look at him and he's snoring. He's perfectly, he's out. Right. And I look over and out of the bathroom comes that spirit entity man that was from the little boy and he's in my physical room and I go into attack mode. Now I physically get out of bed and I physically take him by the neck <laughs> and drag him down the stairs. I open up the front door. I physically walk outside and take him to the edge of the property and kick his patootie out 
And then I also not only banish him from my property, but also from the little boys. And the whole time he's kicking and screaming and, you know, saying all sorts of nasty things to me. But I am physically doing this. Yes, it's a spirit, but like I am physically walking, getting up, going outside, opening the door, taking him all the way to the curb of the property and releasing, banishing, doing the whole thing. At this point, I'm worried, you know, have I disturbed him while he's sleeping? Um, but can't be bothered, lock the house up, turn all the lights off, creep upstairs. He's still sound asleep. So I get into bed and I'm like, okay, good. I didn't wake him up. You know, everything's good. Cause you know, who in a brand new relationship wants to explain, sorry, I had to take this like nasty entity outside. <laughs> so, um, I lay down and, you know, get in position to kind of go back to sleep. But I'm thinking like, holy crap, how did that happen? And I do the math in my head and I'm like, oh, that's how he chased me back to my house. I messed up my bed. And within five minutes, my now husband in his sleep starts whimpering. But like, it's almost like he's trying to yell, but you know, he's asleep. And so it's muffled and it's like, <laughs> and he starts kicking and he's, laying towards like he's facing me and he starts kicking so hard that I realize he's going to physically hurt me if I don't wake him up and stop him. So I start shaking him and I'm like, wake up, you're in a dream, wake up. And it takes about 30 seconds. And all of a sudden he wakes up and he sits up like a lightning bolt and he looks around and he goes, what the hell? And I go, are you okay? Like, what, what just happened? And he goes, oh my God, that was like such a vivid dream. And I said, okay, go ahead. Tell me about it. Like what, what just happened? And he said, I dreamt we were asleep. And all of a sudden this man in this leather jacket with a bald head came out of the bathroom and he was carrying a pallet of vegetables for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. And my husband basically in the dream was like, who the bleep are you? And went into, you know, fight or flight mode. Cause he was like, I don't know this dude. And why are you here while we're sleeping? And instantly got up and they started fighting. They started fist fighting and they basically had each other by the nape of the neck. And we're doing that circle thing that guys tend to do and go all the way down the stairs. And my husband opens the front door and gets the advantage on him and shoves him outside, takes him to the property line where there's kind of a curve and then basically starts taking him to six ways from Sunday at the curb. The word and, you used was curb stomp. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to use that word because it's freaking awful. Thank you. American me for that horrific visual. It's not as bad as it's not as bad as tea bag. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for lightning in the mood. <laughs> yeah, definitely not as bad as that. <laughs> so apparently in in this dream, while he's, you know, whipping him six ways from Sunday on the curb, he gets a glimpse and turns around and sees me at the front door completely illuminated in white like as if the whole background of the house is lit up in 
the most bright white light you can see. And I'm holding a little boy's hand and the little boy is nodding his head. And that makes him stop with the man. And then I wake him up. So when in real life, when he's kicking in the dream, he was kicking this guy while he was on the curb. So he tells me this and I'm kind of quiet. And I'm like, well, that's a really awful dream. I don't tell him what happened. Okay. Because again, not ready to share that part of my life. Like it's still relatively new and I'm trying not to chase him off. And how, super and how early, would you right? explain that to him? Well, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened early in our relationship that was really weird on my end. And I didn't want it to come across as like me trying to, you know, play games spiritually in order like to make more of us than there was. It was still very new, right? We're still in that whole like, do you really like me face, right? All that stuff. So, okay, I kind of just listened to his dream. Wow, that's really weird. In my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, like what are the odds, right? He described him exactly as I saw him. He literally did the same path that I did. It's, what are the chances? But okay, I can still write things off as maybe he, he sensed me get up and leave and heard the door open, whatever. So the next day I go to work and I get a call around noon from my friend. And she was like, uh, girl, like it's bad. Like I need you to come over tonight. I'm sorry. I know it's a work night. I know it's late for you, but I need you to come. Like something happened last night. My kid won't talk about it, but like it's bad. And he's three, right? So like he can talk, but at the same time, he's not, not giving a, a lecture. But apparently, like, her kid won't even speak. Like, he's freaked out. So I said, you know what? No problem. When I get off work, I'm just going to come directly to your place. And I did not have plans that night at all to do anything. I was just going to go home, go to sleep. I wasn't supposed to see my, you know, now husband or anything because we'd already seen each other. So I kind of go about my day. I'm sitting there and, you know, energetically getting prepared and still finishing out my work day. And about two hours before I get off work, my husband calls me, which he never did because I worked. So it was like, normally he would text and be like, oh, if you can talk, you know, go take a break. But he called me, which was odd. So I pick up the phone and he's like, hey, what are you doing right now? I'm like, well, you know, I'm working. That's an odd question. And he goes, yeah. I know this is really forward of me, but like, I'm on my way to your office. Can we hang out tonight? And I'm thinking, okay, well, this conversation apparently is meant to happen because he's never come to my office before, let alone just been forward like that. Like, it's, it's weird. The whole thing is weird. And I said, yeah, that's fine. You and I need to have a conversation because I actually have to go somewhere after work you're going to come with me and this involves your dream. And he's like, okay. So he shows up, I get off work. I basically, you know, we get in the car and I'm like, this is where we're going. Uh, you know, the dream you had, here's the backstory, explain the whole backstory of it. We arrive at my friend's house. He is a little shaken up about it, but at the same time, oddly calm, which, you know, it's probably why we ended up married. Right. So <laughs> Um, now 
to set up this child. This child is three. This child is sweet, but extremely spoiled. And at three years old, because he's spoiled, he's not really interested in adults. So even though I'm extremely close and he'll kind of say hi, like he doesn't take a shining to adults. Unless you're a kid or you have a toy, he really doesn't want much to do with you. Um, when it comes to other men, especially, it's like daddy only, right? Like he, dad's friends come over, he'll hide almost from most men. So it's, it's kind of like a known thing. So I had warned him in advance, like, Hey, just letting you know, like he's, I'm just going to have to go in and take care of this, but don't take it personally. If this kid basically ignores you, cause that's what he does to men, especially. So we walk in the house and, you know, I, I say hi to the kid, doesn't even look up. And my husband walks in behind me, takes one step into the living room and the kid's head swivels real quick and looks at him and goes, hi, and runs up, grabs his hand and says, I want to show you my room. And so my friend and I look at each other because we're like, what is happening? Like, he's a complete stranger. I haven't even introduced him to my friend, let alone her kid. And, you know, some people are kid people, but this is odd. And so up they go to the kid's room and he's kind of looking at me like, okay, I guess I'm going to go see this kid's room. And so immediately, like, I start following up, but I kind of, post out in the hallway just to kind of hear what the kid's saying and I hear the kid say oh this is my toy and this is my toy and so I just start to stick my head in the room and the kid opens the closet door which is where this man kept coming out of by the way and then he grabs my husband's hand and I'm, I'm visually seeing this now he looks at him and he goes thank you for taking care of the man last night no way. Whoa. That's a good story. That's why. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty. When she first told me that, that was pretty impressive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Does your, is your husband psychic in any way at all? He is. He yeah. won't talk about it very much. He's very selective. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he's had a ton of experiences in his childhood, especially, but there'll be times when I've come home from Tim knows this. Cause there was one time we had done like an investigation and I had cleared and, and thought I did everything right. And, but it was a pretty heavy night and I came home and I walked up the front step just about to put my second step on the threshold of the door. And he immediately opens the door and says, get on the grass right now and go clear yourself. And I was like, okay, so wow. he knows things, but it's not like, like, you know, if you were to go up and meet him and ask him, you know, maybe he'd say something, but for the most part, you know, he's not sitting there like I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's so amazing. that was a very shared experience. And like I said, we were so new that I wasn't sharing that part of myself as much. <laughs> so yeah, totally verifiable. Meant to wow. be. That's incredible. Yeah, that's very Wild. impressive. Yeah, yep. Wow. 
So uh, batter's up, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear this. I set the stage, bud. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna preface this by saying this is very this is very fresh and still very raw. And I have not gotten through this in its entirety without kind of losing it again. So if I do, forgive me. <laughs> um I I checked with JJ um, at the beginning of this recording. I sent her a message and I asked if she had protected this um, this encounter with you guys um, because I'm not a hundred percent sure that everything is gone. Mm-hmm. So maybe no, maybe don't. Um, I host uh, for the last two Septembers. I've hosted a Bigfoot conference. Um, I love all high strangeness, but I have a an affinity for Bigfoot, and it just so happens that uh, about thirty miles north of me there was a a Bigfoot sighting back in 1964 that got a lot of national attention and that small town and that community still embraces the sightings from that summer of 1964. And because of the opportunities of that have been afforded to me by being a host of a podcast, um, I was able to put together this conference last year. Um, it was successful and it was a lot of fun and it was a great day and we made enough money to roll over into this year um where it made it a little bit easier to secure a couple of speakers and have them come in from out of state and so we did that and that took place this past saturday um the 9th of september and so, you know, knowing JJ as well as, as, as I've gotten to know her, how long has it been? It's been a year, a little over a year. Yeah. A little over a year. Um, we talk to each other a lot <laughs> over the phone. Um, we have a lot of text messages, um, and she's just become a wonderful friend. Um, but I have had, I have developed a habit of doing a small bubbling, if that's what you want to call it, or a small, a small protection, uh, thing that I do for myself before I do an interview. Um, just to ward off any nastiness or unpleasant creepy crawlies, whatever. This was a very busy last week and a half, two weeks um, leading up to the event. I had JJ coming into town on uh, Thursday night. I had another speaker, uh, one of the first speakers coming in on Friday night. Um, no, Thursday night. 
and then another speaker coming in on Friday. So, you know, I was multiple trips to the airport, um, trying to squeeze in time with JJ to hang out, have dinner and, um, catch up. So being that this was a Bigfoot event, there was no, did everybody just see that light above cat's head? Yeah, her curtain keeps parting. I think her dog. Okay. I was like, what the, are you manifesting a freaking portal above your head or what? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. Um, So I really, I mean, there, there was no cause for me to do any kind of a protection for myself. Right. I mean, this is, we're going to be talking about Bigfoot. Um, and so I, I didn't do anything. Um, and even if I had thought about it, I probably would not have done it because of the context of what the situation was going to be. I do a little protection thing whenever I'm going to talk to somebody that I think might have something, you know, that could come out throughout conversation. So, you know, Saturday morning rolls around, we all get there setting up, everything's stressful, but you know, I'm all the worry stuff is done. I'm happy. I'm surrounded by people that are my friends, people I love. Um, I've got two very close coworkers who are, are there. Um, I have an inordinate amount of people in the audience who have been, uh, who are listeners of the show and who have been guests on the show. Uh, I think, I think I was around the neighborhood of 10 or 10 or 12 people who were in the audience or vendors who had been guests on the show. Um, people I was all, all very comfortable with. And, you know, the, the lady that I've been seeing, she was there and I was, I was just in a very good place of comfort. Uh, it was, it was a happy day. And, uh, through a strange set of circumstances on, on Wednesday, I think it was, um, Tuesday or Wednesday before this, um, I had gotten a message from Archbishop Christina Rake who said, Hey, um, I don't understand how it happened, but my weekend happened to open up where I don't have a million and one things to do. So wasn't this the weekend of your your Bigfoot thing. And I said, yeah, actually it was. And she goes, Oh, thank God. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself uh, tickets and, and I'm going to come. And I was like, that's fantastic. Well, JJ had just gotten done telling me that her husband was not going to be able to make it. So JJ had a extra ticket for the VIP dinner the night before and a actual general admission ticket for the, the day of the event. And I said, well, Christina, before you go through all the exercise of, um, you know, going online and getting the tickets. I said, why don't you talk to JJ? Because she's already got a set of tickets that can't be used. And then JJ in JJ fashion decides that she's going to donate her two tickets uh, from her husband to archbishop so that she can come and enjoy it kind of on the house. Right. Um, She paid for the tickets and just donated them to her. And I said, you know, Archbishop, all you got to do really is, you know, if you're planning on staying overnight, just get yourself a room at the hotel, which we had a discount at. And so she did that. 
So, you know, she was, she was not going to be there. Um, and then all of a sudden she could come and then all of a sudden she had free tickets, you know, thanks to, to JJ. And, uh, you know, it, it was very exciting. It was, it was wonderful to meet her. And I was, I was thrilled to hear that she was going to come. Um, so the day's going on and, um, people are coming in and I was a little bummed because it wasn't quite the turnout that I had expected or that I had last year. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't as many as I had last year at this point. Um, so I get up and I do my thank yous and my thanking sponsors and kind of giving a shout out to any of the people that were there that had been on episodes and people that support me and support the, the podcast and, and the sponsors that have helped get the, the Bigfoot, uh, conference going. And then I, I, I hand the mic over to the first speaker who is Robert Kreider and is a, an incredible, um, an incredible presenter. The information that he provides is, is astounding. And the thing is that most, <laughs> most podcasts or most, um, conferences don't allot him enough time to do his full and complete presentation, which is about three hours. Um, it's, it's long. I mean, it's packed with a lot of really good stuff, but it is long. So I said, you know, let's, let's break it up, you know, do two hours. We'll take a little bit of a break, let people get to the vendors, check out all the other different things. And then we'll come back, you know, 25, 30 minutes later, and then you can finish up with the, the last hour. And, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I, I was not terribly uptight. I was, I was mingling. I was, you know, talking to people at different tables, uh, chatting with the staff of the, the brewery there. And I, I was just, you know, I was just touching base with everybody, seeing if, you know, they're having fun, if the service was good, all these, all these things, you know, that a good host would do. And, uh. I got done with that and I went and I decided to sit down on the corner of a picnic table and I was just kind of taking it in. I was, I was just, you know, I, I, I looked over and a friend of mine who has a, a lot of anxiety in social situations, he was there supporting me and I knew that it was, I knew it was a big thing for him, you know, to be there. Um, not, not really easy for him, but he was there for me and, you know, a coworker was running my table, you know, selling my shirts and, and doing the raffles and stuff. Absolutely love her. Actually, that's who I was with before, uh, before I came on here, uh, kind of doing a recap of how Saturday went and, you know, then the lady that I'm seeing, she was there, you know, a couple of rows over. I got JJ sitting there, Jess from my discord. She's with JJ. Um, you know, it, it was just, my kids were there. Um, it was just, it was just a very, I was, I was having a moment of a lot of, I felt a lot of love and I was just kind of reeling in it. You know, it was, it was a, it was a heartwarming 
thing. And I just really wasn't thinking about anything other than how good it felt to know that you got that many people in your life that support you. And, and like out of the corner of my eye, I see Jess from JJ's table. Now JJ had got up to go walk outside the area beyond the fence to, to have a, uh, a cigarette and Jess was watching her table, but she was actually having a conversation with another woman at the booth beside her when they were interrupted by this girl who was there by herself. Um, and they were talking about experiences and this girl just kind of interrupted and says, I've had experiences too. And I guess she One went on to note. Yeah, go ahead. One important note, the experiences they were talking about, because the, the vendor had Bigfoot and Dogman statues that she carves by hand. And they were talking about Bigfoot and Dogman encounters. So not, yeah. I mean, cryptid more than paranormal, right? And then this lady creeps up behind and basically whispers, I've had experiences too. So automatically in Jess's mind, she thinks Bigfoot and Dogman, that's right up Eric's alley. So Jess, Jess brings her over to me where I'm sitting at this picnic table, just kind of floating around in my, in my bubble of love that I was feeling. <laughs> and uh, she sits down introduces herself as Lisa. I think she said her last name. Couldn't tell you what it is. Um, and I mean, she like goes right into it. I mean, <laughs> there was like no hesitation. There was no, um, there was no filter that, you know, she just was like ready to just spew it all out. And you know, my, my intention was going to be, you know, Hey, you know, give me the bullet points in an email, send it to me. My brain's all over the place right now. You know, let's, let's revisit this in a few days once I've kind of come down from all this and, and then we'll put something together. Um, but then she goes into talking about, um, living with this attachment and, the, the depression and the anxiety and the OCD and the, the thoughts of suicide taking her life and that her, not only her, but she knows that her dad has dealt with the same, um, the same attachment. And, you know, so, I mean, I've, one of my kids has actually both my kids, they, they're, you know, there's some, there's some anxiety there's, you know, mental health in, in the younger generations here in the, in the mid twenties, mental health for whatever reason has become more at the forefront of things. And, you know, where in my age, you were told to, you know, rub some dirt on it and, you know, shake it off. Just, you know, it is what it is. Life sucks. Go quit being a wuss, you know? Um, 
the, my kids and, and many kids their age are, are much more open and susceptible to and accepting of, um, <laughs> and I'm making, I make, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of components to this. So I'm trying not to be boring or give too much information, but I think all of it is very relevant. Um, at the time that she sat down when Jess dropped her off to me till the time that I lost my shit and broke down emotionally, ugly, ugly crying. Um, that, that kind that you cannot contain three minutes max three minutes. I've got, I've got chills going now. Um, and I, I, I looked away from her because I was mortified. I was embarrassed that I was, you know, I've got a hundred people that are around me that are here for a Bigfoot conference and I'm losing my shit. Um, and, and, and I look off to my left a little bit and I see Christina Rake, archbishop sitting at a table and I see a server just putting a plate of food down for her to eat her, to eat her lunch. And my inside me, I am like, I have to get her to Christina. I can't interrupt Christina. She just got her food. But I couldn't stop myself. I had to, I had to get this girl to Christina. I'm losing my shit. I mean, when I'm telling you that I am crying uncontrollably and there's no, there's no emotional reaction from this girl at all. You, you would expect, oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. What did I say? Oh, I feel terrible. There's nothing. Very stoic, very straight faced, very, this girl was very attractive. She was, um, she was noticeable. I would say striking as far as her appearance, but didn't stand out like vibrant colors or, or, you know, there wasn't anything loud about her but it, it was, it was strange. And I managed to get the 10 or 12 feet with this girl to Christina. And I leaned down onto the picnic table with my elbows. And I tried to talk as closely to Christina's ear as I could, but I couldn't hardly get words out. And I said, Christina, you have to talk to this girl. And she looked over at me and saw that I was a blubbering idiot. Um, and she put her hand on my, 
on my back and on my shoulder. And she's like, Oh my God, honey, what's, you know, what's, what's the matter? What's going on? Did something bad happen? You know? And then I was like, you got to talk to her. And she's like, okay, I will. What's, what's going on? And I said, it's not good. It's not good. That's all I could get out. And there was another gentleman by the name of Sid who was sitting at the end of the picnic table and he reached over and put his hand on my back and handed me a piece of paper towel. And, you know, I'm trying to wipe, I'm trying to wipe the tears off my face. And, um, I had to get away. I had to get out of there. I had to leave. And I'm like, literally in my, in my bones, I wanted to get in the car and drive away, but <laughs> this is my event. <laughs> I'm the host. So I made my way across the length of the, um, the seating area and I exited and I went on the backside of the van that I drove there with all the equipment. I opened the door, I reached in the truck, grabbed a cigar and I sat down on the step that you step into the van in. and I lit the cigar and I'm trying to compose myself. And so this is maybe five minutes from the time that girl sat down five or six minutes, most from the time the girl sat down next to me. And my, my son comes around the, um, the side of the van and he's like, are you all right? What's going on? You're freaking me out. He's like, I've never seen you cry like this before. He said, the only thing you, that was even close to this was when Johnny died like 14 years ago. He's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I said, I'm okay. I said, I can't talk about it though. I can't, can't talk. Every time I thought about that woman, it just came back and just kept coming back. And I had this feeling like if you had like, I don't know, maybe your, your wife or your husband or your partner or whatever, you know, like gently put their fingers on your back, not really massaging or anything, but just, just lightly touching and kind of just run their fingers up your back. When I was sitting next to her, that's what I was feeling. I felt creeping like there was something coming off of this woman and when i was at the van and i would think about what just happened a few minutes before that i kept feeling it it was it wasn't a constant thing it like when i would start thinking about it it would start that kind of coming over the middle of my back over the cap of my shoulders and it was just like very light, touching, creepy-ass, pervert-feeling shit. It felt invasive. 
And my, you know, my son was there for a few minutes and he's like, Rachel just got sick. And I was like, what? And he goes, she just puked over the fence. Now, Rachel's my daughter. (laughs) And I'm like, when? He says, just a few minutes ago. Rachel got sick at the same time that this was happening to me. And we were maybe 40 feet at most away from each other, directly in line, but, you know, 35, 40 feet apart. And then she comes running over and she's laughing and she's like happy, giddy, having a great time. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on with you? And then she's like, I just puked out of like nowhere. She's like, I, Jill walked up and said, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, that's great. Oh, hey, I got to puke. And she stood up on her chair and lifted her head over the edge of the privacy fence and threw up. And of course, she's asking me, what's the matter? Tell me what's going on. And I'm like, I can't talk about this. I said, I'm okay. I can't talk about this because every time I do try to say something, I just start losing it again. I said, I'm okay. Just give me some time. I said, I need an ice cold bottle of water, please. So she ran, she got me ice, ice cold bottle of water and I drank it. I kind of composed myself. I didn't like the way I was feeling, but I was like, I've got all these people here. I got to pull it together and I don't want people seeing me crying which was too late because I'm pretty sure just about everybody there probably wondered what the fuck was going on. So I closed the van. I walked back into the arena and I make my way back to my vendor's table where the lady that I'm seeing is sitting at her table. And, you know, here, here come the, what the hell's going on? Are you okay? Did something bad happen? And that girl is like (coughs) now back to sitting. And here's the other weird thing. Very light complected girl. Um, Tommy, you know, I would say she didn't necessarily have red hair, but maybe it was strawberry blonde but she had that very light redheaded complexion. Yeah. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that she would be sitting in the unabated sun, you know, the only person who was sitting in the sun, everybody else is sitting under a, a large 40 by 60 tent. Mm-hmm. That is where the speakers were talking. She was sitting in the sun and she had Directly a very, in- yeah, directly in front of my booth and at a 90 degree to where your kids were as well. Yeah. Her back was directly facing my kids. Her right side was directly facing JJ. She wasn't looking at me, but she, the way she sat, her eyes were darting around like, just darting and she had a very small left to right 
bob or weave or whatever you want to call it. Sway. She wasn't paying attention to, she may have been listening, but optically with her eyes, she was not paying attention to the speaker. She wasn't looking at anything. She was just looking at everything. Her, her eyes were everywhere. And I'm sitting next to Stacy, the woman I'm seeing. And I immediately start losing it again. I can't even look at this woman without breaking down. I missed an important part. When I left the table where I left that girl sitting with Christina Wright, when I started to walk away, she looked at me and just as emotionless and as stoic as she was when she told me this stuff, she said, you're so empathetic. Thank you very much. And I was like, when I first heard it, I thought, you know, that she was thanking me for being understanding and, and caring. But the way that she said it had no emotion and it didn't dawn on me until when I was sitting next to Stacy, she said, I heard what she said to you and it did not sound nice. It was almost like she was mocking you. And I was like, you know, you're right. I didn't say that out loud, but in my head, it was like, I got the overwhelming feeling that I was I was being told, thank you. I got what I wanted out of you. And I went up to get a, I went up to get a, a drink from the, the bar. I, I wanted a ice cold cider. And Christina walked up to me and was telling me that she was going to have to start getting her way back to Chicago. So she was going to leave. She wanted to know how I was doing. And, you know, I had, I was, I was quivering. My, I, I had shaky legs. I had kind of a tremble, um, throughout my body. My voice was shaky and, you know, she put her hand on my back and she, you know, was being very, nice and she she said would you like me to pray over you and i'm like fuck yeah do it now do it now i'm like yeah yeah i said and there was a gate to the fence right by us i said let's go step out there and <laughs> so we stepped outside and i kind of had to lean against the fence i was using it to support me and she was standing beside me and I turned my head and I looked at her and I said, you know, what the, what the F is going on? What, what's going on with her? And her explanation to me was that Archbishop has gifts, which are, have been proven to me 
by some of the things that she's told me. She said that her, her gifts were shut off by this girl's presence. Not, not by her, but her, her gifts, the, um, JJ, what would you call it? Her, her angelic, um, spirit what, team, her angels, you know, the, the, the things that protect her from getting into, into something bad. Yeah. Closed so off, closed off her abilities to get any kind of a read on this woman. Right. And she said, when she sat down, when I first took her over there, she took her hands and she made fists and she went, my gate went boom down immediately. She says, I get anything off of her. No read off of her whatsoever. JJ can confirm this because she was in the same boat. Well, I'm still not back yet at this point. This is how fast this has all happened. Like it only takes seven to 10 minutes to smoke a cigarette. And this is all gone down in that short amount of time. I'm walking back from having a cigarette and I see Eric leaning up against the fence with the archbishop praying over him. And I have people with me and I'm like, "Mm, let's turn around and leave them be because I don't know what's going on here. And so I go in the other entrance to try and, you know, keep people away from whatever's happening. Because I I'm I still don't know what's happened. So before she prayed over me, she's telling me that she can't remove what this girl has. Because one, it's not demonic. Two, she doesn't know what the fuck it is. She says that this thing has been attached to not only her and her father, but generations of her bloodline. And it's not demonic. She says that before she would attempt to do anything as far as removing this from this girl, that there would have to be and I'll pay close attention to what she said. There would have to be additional people involved. There would have to be therapy after the fact. And that there needed to be an assurance of some kind of aftercare by the archdiocese when they were done. And then she says, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, fucking do it. (laughs) And as she stepped behind me, she mumbles, I'm going to perform the right. And I'm like, that's not what you say when you're going to pray over somebody. She put her hand on the back of my head very gently. 
and my knees buckled. Whatever she said, she said silently. It wasn't out loud. And uh, as she continued to say the right, um, her pressure of her head on the back of my head became more and more. I don't know if you have a, um, a weighted blanket. All right. You know, that, that, that enveloping feeling that you get from having a weighted blanket on you. It felt like I had, felt like I had that over my head, my shoulders, my back. And as she continued to pray, it felt like something just lifted that off my back. And in no time flat, I felt fine. It was gone. It was, I was at peace. And... She rubbed my back. She was standing on my left side. She rubbed my back. She asked me how I was. And I'm like, what you described as far as the aftercare and the additional people being involved and in all that, I said, you were talking about a fucking exorcism, weren't you? <laughs> and then when she stepped behind me, she performed the minor rite of exorcism. And it was done. It was gone. And I joked with her. I looked at her and I said, fuck, does that mean I'm still Catholic after all this? <laughs> because I haven't practiced, practiced Catholic Catholicism since I was like 15 and she laughed and you have to understand Archbishop break is, uh, she's a potty mouth sailor. Um, <laughs> she is a devout woman of God. Um, but she has an extremely refreshing take on, your religious beliefs and you know, what, what God minds and what he doesn't. Um, you know, we, we hugged, I kissed her on the cheek, thanked her, um, walked back in, sat down next to my lady friend and she looked at me and she's like, you look so different. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you've got color in your face. You don't look tired. She said, when you sat down next to me, you looked an emotional wreck. You were, you were pasty white. You looked sick. You looked ill. And she's like, you've got color in your face. You're like, your eyes are bright. You, <laughs> All this in maybe 20 minutes, all told. 
wow is all I can say. I mean, wow. Mm. Oh, there's no more. Words. So there's more. Yes. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> <laughs> so as as Eric had explained, this so to back up even before he was introduced. Um, I'm at my table. I'm kind of in the middle of the venue. So it's like a long rectangle, right? And so the tent basically came halfway through the rectangle and I was just the first one out in the sun with a tent over me. And there were picnic benches in front of where my table was, but no one was sitting at them because everyone wanted to be in the shade, right? So all of a sudden I noticed this woman because she kind of, she stands out enough that like you notice her because she's not dressed like a big footer. She's not wearing any of the merch shirts or anything that most other people were wearing. Um, she's dressed just different enough and she's by herself and she's sitting in the sun on a picnic bench and her head is, 90 degrees from from me she's kind of looking straight forward which wasn't where the speaker was the speaker's more like you know 120 degrees it is kind of odd so, like i am now she yeah. was just looking straight into the crowd not at the speaker into the crowd yeah. um and she's sitting literally directly in front of my eyeline and so initially when she sat down I was like, well, that's interesting. But just like anyone else, if, you know, if she's interested in talking to me, she'll come over to me, but maybe she's waiting for someone. Don't give it much thought, but it was odd. Go on a little bit. I still don't see her, anyone with her. She's not ordering a drink. She's not waiting for food. Um, Cause everyone had like these little number stands when they were waiting for food. So kind of like, okay, maybe she's cold and she'll warm up and go under the tent um, and it was weird because it was almost like this, I want your attention, but I don't want to talk to you vibe is what I kept getting. She looked everywhere in that venue, except at me. I was the only person she didn't look at. And that's strange. And I mean, there were enough people that like, I wouldn't have caught it had she not sat directly in my eyeline. So at this point I get up, there's kind of like the speaker's kind of on a roll and it was a good point. No one was at the vendor's table. So it was a good point for me to go take a break. I needed to just go take a walk and have a cigarette and kind of go have me time for a minute and recollect myself and my energy. So I leave. And as I leave, for whatever reason, my table mate, Jess, because again, there was kind of a lull, goes over and is talking to our neighbor about Bigfoot and Dogman stuff, because that's what the neighbor's venue table made. And they're kind of trading Big Man or Bigfoot Dogman stories. And then this lady comes up behind her and says, I've had experiences too. And Jess said, Oh, well, have you told Eric? And the lady goes, Who's Eric? And so Jess goes, Well, you know, it's his podcast that puts this on. Like, and in Jess's head, she's, she's thinking, how did this woman even end up at this event if she doesn't know Eric or his podcast, right? Like, 
kind of random, but maybe she found it on Eventbrite or, you know, something like that. But it's kind of odd if you've been here and you've seen him get up and he's announcing the speaker and stuff like you would figure you would know who Eric is. And so all that goes through her mind in a second. But she goes, well, you know, if you got big man and dog or Bigfoot and dog man stories, then for sure, like you should tell Eric that's that's his jam. And the lady goes, oh, well, I don't know who he is. And she's like, oh, let me introduce you. Jess is probably the only person there besides me who isn't into Bigfoot and Dogman as much. And she is to a point, but she's very polite. So she literally made the introduction to Eric and then in her sweet politeness walked away. Anybody (laughs) else in that venue was so into Dogman and Bigfoot that if they had heard someone had a story, even if they had thought ahead to be like, hey, let's get you over to talk to Eric, they would have stayed to listen to the conversation because they're super into that stuff. Jess being her lovely, beautiful self, like I said, is the only person who would have made the intro and walked away. So she basically says, hi, Eric, this woman's had, you know, experiences, but, you know, meet Eric and then immediately walks away. And Jess apparently goes back to the table where she can see Eric and this woman speaking. And when I come back from my cigarette after I see Eric basically leaning on the fence with the archbishop praying over him and I'm like, I'm not stepping into that. I don't understand what's happening like someone needs to catch me up, but I, I'm with other people, so I'm not going to intrude. So I go back in and I go to Jess and I ask what happened. And what I hear is, oh, poor Eric. He started talking to that woman and like within minutes, he literally just collapsed and started bawling, crying. And I went, what? And you know, hey, it's a it's a manly thing to cry. Men have emotions too. That's completely okay. But I know Eric pretty well, <laughs> right? Like, I love him dearly. We talk a lot. I know him very, very well. He and I are a lot alike. So big displays of public emotion, especially something intimate like crying, um, especially at a venue where he was so happy and you know putting on right he is the face of bigfoot and bruise is not something that's going to happen so when i hear this in the almost collapse part you know my heart freaks out because i'm thinking oh my god did he have a heart attack like what the hell's going on and so at this point he's now back and i see the archbishop isn't there and so Eric starts walking towards me and I go, hey, bud, you want a hug? Because I'm I'm thinking, okay, even if I hug him energetically, I can figure out what just happened. And he not, he shakes his head at me like, no. And he goes, I need you to go talk to Archbishop Christina now. And I'm like, okay. So I run inside and I find her and she goes, oh, good. I was looking for you. I'm going to head out, but I have your book in my car. And I said, great, we need to talk. <laughs> So her and I walk to the parking lot and I said, what happened? She said, oh, this lady was introduced to Eric and has a really bad attachment. Um, And Eric just felt, you know, so genuinely bad and empathetic towards her that he just 
you know, he was at a weak point. He was stressed. He was tired. This event's going on. He, you know, it, it was just the perfect moment for this thing to. She said my of, spigot was way too open. Yeah. Basically. And I said, well, feel free to stick a cork in my ass if you have to, but <laughs> shut this fucking thing down now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. She, she didn't tell me all that, but the way, and, and, and I said, well, did you talk to the woman? And she said, yes. And I said, and has Archbishop Christina Rake has similar abilities to myself. And she goes, honestly, um, you know, she's very well under control. She's not feeding it. Um, it wants her to stay at home and isolated. So this is, she told me this is why she comes to events that are social so that she can get out around people and not feed it what it wants, which is for her to be isolated at home and alone. And I look at her and I'm like, mm. you know, like my eyebrows going up and I'm like, are you not picking up what I'm picking up? And she's completely like, the woman's fine. And I'm looking at her kind of almost in disbelief because I'm thinking, well, something's obviously not right because Eric just got spiritually attacked and that is not a normal reaction for Eric. And I mean, Eric is a big giant teddy bear, but at the same time, like to almost collapse crying in public like that is, that's, that's completely abnormal. And so when I'm around, I'm, when I'm around a, an energy like that, I have yeah. an immediate detest for that person. I yes. don't want to associate with them. I am very short. I have no patience. I, I want to be done with and rid of that. It, this reaction that I had was not typical of, of how I feel when I'm around those kind of people. No. And Archbishop Christina Rake and I, when we are around someone with an attachment or it starts to present itself or it starts to attack, we get what the word we described to each other the night before this event was righteous anger. And it comes out and it, for me, I call it, I go into mama wolf warrior mode. Like, you know, I, I'm going to protect my babies at all costs. Um, it, it's gone and she gets the same thing. So I asked her, I said, Hey, well, did you get any of that righteous anger feeling when you talk to her? And she goes, no, nothing. And so I'm, I'm almost shaking my head in disbelief. Cause I'm like, none of this makes sense. So I get the book from her. We hug, say goodbye. I go back into the venue and I'm puzzled. You know, I'm putting all my armor on at this point. I already have been protected because I was doing energy work at the event, but I put my defenses on a little bit more. So I go back to the table and the woman's still sitting dead ass in front of me. And so I start energetically scanning and nothing. Now, most people listening to this are going to think, okay. When I mean nothing, I mean I couldn't see an aura. I couldn't see a vibration. I couldn't see an emanation. It was like it was a cardboard sitting there. 
I then, because I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, sometimes things are weird. I start scanning the area and everyone and everything, I mean, physical things else is vibrating aura emanation. I see it all like I normally do. I scan back to her and nothing. And I'm like, okay, so I take a couple minutes and I look up again and then I go, okay, you know what? No, like this did something to my friend. This is weird. I don't understand this. This does not happen. Like it just doesn't. And so I go in a little more forcefully, energetically, like I'm, I'm prodding now. I'm not scanning. I'm prodding, trying to figure out, are you blocking me or what is going on? Because this just doesn't happen. I, I can always see something. It, everything is alive, right? It has an energy or so I can always see something. There was nothing. So I start prodding and I start needling. And within 30 seconds of me going in and prodding, this woman stands up. Her head does not move. It is 90 degrees from me. She's in profile. And she's on a picnic bench, like where the bench is attached to the table, right? So, you know, you those are a little difficult to get out of, especially as a woman, right? Like normally what a person does is they look down, plant their feet, watch as their leg goes over the bench, and then you put your head forward and start to walk. And especially normal females, we usually look down to make sure we haven't left anything or pick up our purse or whatever it is. Her head never moves. Her vision never moves from straight forward. She stands up. She lifts her leg up without looking down and immediately makes a beeline and just leaves. And when I tell you that was odd, it was almost robotic the way that she got up and left. Now, granted, I very rarely poke and prod like that. I'm not normally an invasive person. I'm all about consent and this and that, but something came after my friend and I'm experiencing something that I don't experience, which is I can see nothing. So I didn't go in for the kill, but I definitely was nosy and someone energetically sensitive would feel that. I find it interesting. As soon as I went for that, she gets up and she leaves. So, you know, Eric and I really didn't get a chance to talk about all of this a very slim part because he was still a little shaken up about the whole thing. And there was a lot of people around that, you know, weren't interested in this. And we didn't actually get a chance to talk until um, Sunday late evening when I was already home, like I had already flown home. And I told him, hey, I think we need like just a debrief for like an hour. Well, it was like a three and a half hour conversation because when he started giving me the details of what he had and the info that I had, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is weird. This is like a deliberate coordinated attack. And it yeah. doesn't make sense that she tells Eric oh, I found out about your your podcast from my boyfriend. And yet she tells Jess, I don't know who Eric is. And then 
you know, there's this whole story about how apparently she had emailed the Catholic church before the, if you know, like maybe in the past, I want to say past couple of years, you know, there's a form with the Catholic church that you fill out if you think there could be reason for an exorcism or a, a house blessing. And on the form, it clearly states like, it's going to take a while for us to get back to you. And she told weeks. Archbishop Christina Rake that when she submitted this form, she got a FaceTime call from the archdiocese within 30 minutes, which I did check with Christina Rake because I was like, that sounds abnormal. And she was like, well, you got to think most archdiocese and bishops have um, energetic, usually um, precognizance, if you will different abilities that's the word i'm looking for and so some of them usually will like instinctively know one over the other and according to what she told christina christina was satisfied in her answer of why nothing was done but why it was urgent enough that they would call her that quickly obviously i don't know anything about the catholic church and how they work so you know for me that just sounds a little strange that like they're going to call so quickly, but like there's nothing done afterwards. It's odd. Right. And then I've got my friend, Eric, who literally one of his superpowers is when people have attachments, whether they know it or not, he just instinctually has this almost like guttural reaction to them of dislike and anger. And and for this man who puts on this event, I mean, this is an event that he works an entire year to put on. It's it's important to him. There's a lot of footwork and groundwork. He had a lot of wonderful, amazing people at this event. Um, you know, really, really rich with people. And what was really interesting is when this event started with him and her, he was kind of looking around because there weren't a ton of people who were in attendance. When I got back after the archbishop was praying on him at the fence and I walked back in to my table, all of a sudden the entire place was full. It was like a hundred more people showed up in the 10 to 15 minutes that I was gone, which is also really weird because I was out front. I would have seen these people come in and I didn't see all these people come in. It was like they just popped up out of nowhere. So this... This was a lot. Wow. Rotha weird with you, JJ. <laughs> I tend to do that, don't I? <laughs> you do, actually. <laughs> Have yeah, you ever but... figured out what it was? Or are you still working on it? A couple of theories. I mean, I, I have theories, obviously. Um you know, there's no way to contact the woman. No one made any contact with her whatsoever in order to get a hold of her. Um, I'm uh, not apparently, sure. This... Apparently, she got her information. Uh, Christina got her information. Really? Okay. Or I, I, I take that back. Either the girl left with Christina's information or Christina had her information. It, maybe it makes more sense that she had left her um, Christina had left her information with the girl. I think it makes more sense that way because 
I took it upon myself after Eric and I had talked on Sunday to message Jess and Archbishop Christina Rake and ask some questions. And I said, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm not going to really give any backstory into why I'm asking this because I don't want to taint answers. But like, can you tell me the following questions? And one of them was, did you understand or did she disclose in any way, shape or form how she ended up at the event, if she listens to the show and who she is? And other than the first name being Lisa, neither of them told me anything. Wow. Mm. I mean, it, it sounds to me like she was there to attack you, Eric. That, that's what it, sound, it sounds like. I, I don't believe that. How can she be there and not know the show? And Yeah. That's bizarre, man. Uh, now, now, I want to read from Christina's response email to JJ. Um. And this is only a partial of it, but probably the most telling for me at the end of this. Um, she JJ's question: In looking back, do you feel that the event Eric was that? Do you feel that event with Eric was planned or predetermined? To your question, Tommy. She said, "Not at all." She explained that she is open about what is happening because the demon wants her to, wants to isolate her. She is exactly correct. The more you hold in, the more the thing can manipulate you. I told her that she is starving it, which is what the other priest told her to do. Also, she didn't mean to upset Eric. She goes on to say, nothing she said conflicted with what I'd expect from a genuine attachment. The next statement, it isn't demonic. It's something else, but equally as destructive. We spoke about her OCD type, which is rare and the other, and also about her family, etc. I do not think that she said There, there's some misspellings in here. I do not think it was planned. All of her answers were correct in ways you would expect. That's why her tale about the priest was important. It isn't what the people believe really happens, so she didn't pick it up from a movie or from other people talking about it. But I know that it happens in genuine cases, and the priest told her, what I did. She has to live with it. An exorcism will not help. If she were making it up, she wouldn't know that this is what the actual exorcist would say to her. What is it? Wow. An exorcism won't help. Christina flat out told me that if she would have attempted, this was before she laid her hands on me, if she would attempt to try to remove that from her, that the girl's life would be affected negatively because she may not know how to live without it 
entwined in her. Sounds like an addiction complex. Now, there's one thing I disagree on. And, you know, please remember, I'm not associated with the church or any organized religion. But there are some people who will say, oh, well, attachments tend to want to isolate people, right? Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, I have the same. Um, Yeah. Reaction. So. Go ahead. Same. In my experience, I have seen people with attachments deliberately go after being physically around other people because it's like a contagion that's how it spreads and that's how it can mutate and that's how it can bring its friends and get new hosts it feeds and whether it's one little attack here or there that it can feed on you know whether it's the fear this that and the other or if it gets to fully latch on I mean, if you really listen to what Eric said, he said yeah. when she prayed over him, he felt that weighted blanket lift and he kept feeling the creepy crawlies up his back. That is not normal. And, you know, from someone who's been spiritually attacked many times um, in all sorts of different ways, I've I find it highly strange and suspect that the one time when I'm physically around Eric and not tuned into him because I see no threat whatsoever. He's got myself and the archbishop there. He was physically in between both of us the entire time. So I'm thinking we're fine. And the majority of the people that were there don't mess with anything that... I, is in my realm of needing extra protection from, you know, they're clean, clear, and, you know, energetically fine. And yeah. so I find it so odd that all this goes down. The moment I leave, the only time that I left by myself and that I'm preoccupied, right. And kind of off on my own, that all this goes down. And even Eric said he was, you know, and, and the really important part about Stacy, the, the woman that he is so gloriously seeing, she is very green to all of this. And I say that with kindness and love, um, you know, the paranormal world, the Bigfoot world, all of this is like brand new to her, right? The only reason she really knows or even <clears throat> cares about any of the stuff is because of eric and his show um but like we're talking maybe a month right or two that she's even like decided to listen to a show and even uh, try since, to entertain since, since may okay more than a couple months time flies um <laughs> but the reason why i'm bringing up her being so green is it's not like she has insight like the rest of us where she's going to look at a situation like this and be like, mm, that's something spirituals, you know, hinkering going on here. The fact that she caught a, that Eric looked pale, sweaty, out of sorts, not himself. And she even said those words, you didn't look like yourself. Then when he gets back from the prayer session, all of a sudden he's him again. 
kind of interesting verbiage for her to use. The second thing is she's the one who caught, not Eric. She's the one who caught when the woman turned around and said, thank you for being so open and empathetic in a monotone voice. Stacy's yeah. the one that caught um, what she said and her tone and this weird, almost like kind of, she was, she was, she was very struck. She was very struck by how oddly that it, the words themselves were kind words, but the, the tone that it was the intent behind it. Yeah. The intent was dark and the half smirk. Yeah. I'm, I'm was curious to know, do you know of any other such attacks at that event? None. The old, the only other thing that happened that was completely out of the norm was my daughter getting sick at the same time. Okay. And with the, yeah. with, with the talk that this was so in ingrained generationally into this girl, my fear was that it's a tether. Yeah. I had my generations were there as well. And mm-hmm. was it, was it looking to, you know, my son and I are very much, we love Star Wars. We love metal music. We love um, kick-ass shit. You know, we like yeah. knives. We like flashlights. We, you know, we we bond in, in guy things. But my daughter and I, um, we are much more, um, have much more of an uh, emotional um tie you know um, yeah she is like a female version of me um she is she's a kick-ass strong independent woman with a great career um but it really it really kind of shook me to know like when my son told me when she got sick that happened at the same time that I was, I was getting attacked and, you know, was that a reaction that she was having to, to me, or was there something attempting to act on her as well? I don't know. Um, And and strangely enough, I walked by her a little later and she, in the chipperest voice goes, I puked over the fence and I go, honey, what? And she goes, I had a migraine. And I go, well, do you need some ibuprofen? And she goes, I don't know, like, and just totally happy and like giddy. And I said, well, give me a minute, come over to my table and I'll give you some ibuprofen. I'll run some energy on you. She goes, okay. So, you know, shortly thereafter she does, I give her ibuprofen, run some energy on her. She feels fine. And off she goes. Well, when I told Eric this, he goes, migraine. And I said, yeah, that's what she told me. And he goes, she doesn't get migraines. And this isn't a dad. 20, 20, like, 25 years. She's yeah. never, the word so, migraine has never come out of her mouth. So strange, man. Yeah. Something yeah. happened. Wow. I had a, a couple of things I noted. And even though the bishop said no demon, my, my thought was my first thought, actually. And as things progressed, I'm wondering if we may have had not someone with an attachment 
but a dark entity in the flesh. I thought that too. That was a uh, that's wow. a bit wild, but that's kind of what everything pointed to. Especially when you said she was like a robot in a way. So she was just a shell of something. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote down Mimic. I've never got goosebumps so much. Yeah. It's been constant. <laughs> Same. Man. Yeah. Um, God, I wish I'd been there for this. Oh. When you yeah, were explaining that, not the not the revel in your pain, great, dude. dude. That's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was great. Let's do it again. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I know. I realized that came out wrong. Um, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed you getting fucking pep. I honestly don't know what I would have done, but I, I would have liked to think I would have been able to do something to help. But uh, who knows? Man. Nice. I told you all yeah. it was a doozy. Yeah, that's beautiful. You in. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, in the light. Happy yeah. Halloween, everyone. My, my, my paranormal my experience is nothing. <laughs> if, if my wife, a stupid my, dream if about my, a chick with a motorcycle. So expensive, I'd just hold it up and drop it. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know, I guess maybe in closing what i'll say is you know like i think probably each one of us has been asked at some point in time the more you look into this stuff do you seem to experience more um i've gone on investigations, haunted houses, you know, little paranormal stuff. Um, I've gotten some pretty cool evidence, you know, things that have happened during that. Um, I am not a seeker of interacting with spirits on the other side, uh, which uh, Ouija boards or, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not inviting anything to, you know, um, come in and, Hey, you know, take me over and do whatever you want to yeah. do. And let's see what you got to say. You know, I'm not that guy. Um, nope. I'm not that guy and I'm not surrounded by those type of people. Um, I don't go looking for this. I facilitate conversation. I am, I am a. I am a platform for people to come to and talk about their experiences and maybe lend some insight, maybe ask some questions that may draw out, draw out information that they didn't even realize, maybe gives them a different perspective on what happened. Um, I'm a conversationalist. I just tend to like to talk about things that, people should pay attention to and many don't um you know so my question is why me well i haven't interviewed you and listened to you as a as a fan as well and also i had you on my show a couple of times you have you sir are a magnet for this stuff i mean you told me 
the story about the upside down blue cross that burned after you burned a tape where a demonic yeah. entity out of nowhere appears on the tape. Yeah. Okay. And that's not even the beginning of your experiences. Right. Let's flash forward a little bit to maybe oh, a couple, three, four months ago, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. You and your daughter go out to this graveyard near your place and you see an orb. No. Okay. Yeah, that was everywhere that was some, you go. Some years ago. Yeah. Oh, was that? Okay. My yeah. mistake. But no, it seems six, wherever you go. Okay. Sorry. 16, 2016. Okay. Wherever you go on investigation or not, I think you're putting out an energy that things like this are drawn to. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, you are, you're not as bad as the, the guest I had a couple of times ago. Tommy introduced me to her. Uh, uh, Ali, what's her first name? Marie. Marie. Yeah. Easy enough name to remember, and I forgot it for some reason. <laughs> She's a super paranormal magnet. I mean, yeah, man. but you, I think you have a similar magnetism. Seriously, that sounds goofy to say, uh, but I think you do. Yeah. And I think maybe from this point forward, hopefully, this experience has helped you out uh, in the as far as really protect yourself, you know, I think you do have to bubble up every time you go out, especially to get to things like this. I know it was the Bigfoot conference, but you're a magnet for this stuff, man. You see this stuff all the time, whether you want to or not. And they see you. Yeah. I think JJ's got kind of an interesting thought on, on that. He's a magnet. I'm right. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, she, she's teasing. <laughs> and and Christina both said that you know, and this this is going to sound egotistical, and there is no ego behind what I do. Um, but the way they said it is that I am the conduit. Mm-hmm. Not not that I'm a conduit for supernatural experiences but I am the conduit by which people are brought together that, you know, and that that's, that's one of the things that like in the beginning of when I did my introduction and hello, welcome to Bigfoot and Bruce. Um, as I looked out at the audience, you know, I had, like I said, I had several people that had been guests on the show. I had people, you know, JJ flew 2,400 miles to come support me, as a vendor at a Bigfoot, she doesn't give two shits about Bigfoot. Um, but she came out of love and and to support me and and and, and showed my face publicly for the first time for the ever. First time. Yes. Um, Yay. you know, <laughs> I don't believe in coincidences, Kat. You said that earlier. Yeah. Um, synchronicities is about the only word. But it is getting so overused since Hellier that I, I'm, I'm almost hating that word, but I don't know what else to say. Right. Um, how synchronistic is it that, you know, Archbishop, who is insanely busy between the church and her being a professor at, you know, in, at a college in Chicago, teaching demonology and angelology and theology and, you know, all the stuff that she is doing and taking care of trying to get money to, you know, her, um, her, uh, orphanage, orphanage in Kenya. The woman has no time 
and you know all of a sudden she's got a free weekend and she wants to come to my event an archbishop in the catholic old catholic church <laughs> wants to come to a bigfoot conference and what? eric when i had told yeah. you i was flying out i had told you the one person i wish was coming was her yeah, yeah. because and there was there was absolutely no way she was going to be able to make it you know and right then, and, and we knew that so it was kind of like you know I just kind of said it like, oh man, if there was one person going, I really wish it was her. My husband Actually, literally I'm bails kidding. on me a week before, <laughs> you know, my husband bails on me a week before because of work thing. And all of a sudden, so I told Eric, Hey, if there's someone who wants to go and financially, they're having an issue, like I'll donate my yeah. tickets. And the next morning he calls me while he's supposed to be at work. So Eric calling me in the middle of his work day is weird. So I immediately pick up like, oh my God, what's going on? He's like, you're never going to believe this. Christine is coming. And I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I know who my date to the dinner is. <laughs> the Archbishop. Thank the Lord she was there. I mean, it, it sounds like she was meant to be there. Definitely. Like, exactly. if, she, she, if she wasn't there, man. But obviously she was, she was meant to be there. You know, in the part that I find interesting. Okay. So two people there that I know have my back. Several people there who have my back in a physical sense, but two people there that have my back in a spiritual sense, JJ and Christina. Um, JJ's not there. And Christina is about as far as I could walk without my knees buckling. And, you know, so what is, what's the likelihood that I was born and raised Catholic? I was baptized. I did my first communion confirmed or whatever the hell that is, but I have not been a practicing Catholic for since I was probably 15. Um, I disagree with a lot of what goes on with the Catholic religion. I don't ascribe to any organized religion as much as I have a personal relationship with my creator. Whatever that is, whether that's an Anunnaki god who <laughs> altered our DNA 20,000 years ago, or whether that is a universal energy that has created everything, or whether it's a white bearded guy in a white robe sitting in a cloud throne, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. And I don't need some guy standing at a pulpit in front of me telling me what I need to believe. My relationship with my creator is a personal thing now. But what I find strange is that the one person that was there that could help me was from how I was raised. And I wonder if that is of importance because I still say prayers. I still 
think about who we're told is Jesus Christ, but I don't think Jesus Christ was his name. I don't think he was as white as what he's portrayed as. Um, I don't know what his name was, but I don't think it was Jesus Christ. Um, but I do believe in the figure that is represented by what we've been taught. And, you know, was, was that the, the path of least resistance because of what I had grown up with? And during those very formative years, I have told this on many occasions in my episodes, even though I don't ascribe to it, I still find myself falling back to that immediately, even though I disagree with a lot of it, I still find myself getting thrust back to what I was taught as a kid. And was that the impetus of why it worked? Which to me is a very telling thing about religions throughout the world, whether you're a Buddhist or whether you're, you know, a Muslim or whether you're Jewish or whether you're Christian or Catholic or Episcopalian or whatever the, you know, Lutheran or whatever the hell you're, you are. Is that of importance when it comes to something like this? Only because that's what you know. I, I don't know. It makes me wonder, had I not been Catholic, even though I don't think that that's important, is that why Christina was able to do what she did so quickly? Yeah. I think part of that is because Christina is Christina and, and holds that power. Just because you know how to say the right doesn't mean it's going to work. So. Wow, it's the man. power and the intent behind the words. And I think it is an important reminder for all of you listening, all of us who you know work in this genre and this realm, as a reminder that we all stay protected and that we have protection measures in place. This stuff is real. We know it. We've experienced mm -hmm. it firsthand. Or we've talked to someone and we, we believe and know them, right, to... Mm -hmm have experienced it so you know it, it's not one of those like oh don't be interested in it don't look at it that doesn't help anybody right but have your smarts and your wits about you because this stuff can happen and spiritual attacks don't happen when you're waiting for them they happen when you least expect them yeah and that's why you have to be vigilant yep yeah man I mean that that moment that it happened to you, Eric. That's probably the last. You're, you're having that moment of pure love. You've got all these people around you mm -hmm. that you love, and then in a second, it just went oh, to the I'm... darkest place possible. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I, I just would Three never imagine that that could minutes. happen. Yeah, yeah. Three minutes That's... is all it took. Man. That's incredible. It was astounding. It re it really is. I mean. Wow even trying to separate myself from 
the actual experience of it all to think about the logistics of the number of things that happen within such a very short span of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's, it's mind boggling is what it is. I mean, well, okay. well, the, the rest of the night, once this lady had gone and you, you were back to feeling sore yourself. Mm-hmm. Was was the night normal after that, or was you Absolutely. still hundred hundred percent? I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would I would get emotional when I start thinking about the events, but yeah. as far as my ability to carry on with the rest of you know presenting and and speaking with and talking to people and rubbing elbows and mm-hmm. smiling and laughing and having a good time and enjoying the company of of Stacy and you know. I was fine. When I came back from what Christina did to me, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. And <laughs> I, mean, I was a witness because I talked dude, to him multiple when, times. When I, I tell you, when I tell you that I felt something lifted off of me, that's not like, I'm not, that's not a reach. That's not, it literally felt, I felt a weight come off of me. Um, and JJ I'm telling you, when, when yeah, she ahead. put, when she put her hand on the back of my head, my knees buckled, dude. <laughs> it, I was, I was on my way going down. Wow, man. And I don't know, I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was feeling the power of whatever was responding to her prayer. I don't know if that was a repulsion trying to get away from it. I have no, I have no context to that, that event, you know, I mean, as she, you know, she was standing next to me, she was wearing a crucifix. Uh, you know, I I was not repulsed by her. I didn't want to not be by her. Um, you know, it was, it wasn't anything like, ah, get away. It was nothing like that. Um, but you know, maybe it was just a weakness in my, in my legs because I was exhausted. I was tired. I was, you know, had been lifting things earlier in the day, getting, no, Eric. Yeah. You got the energy sucked out of you, dude. (laughs) Okay. Eric, I saw you literally like an hour and a half after that, flip a table over with one hand and then, you know, yeah. break it down and it, come on, man. No, I, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. They left us all speechless. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've got tingles and everything, man. Yeah, I mean, the whole same. way through that, I was just tingling. I mean, wow. happy Halloween. Yeah, happy, yeah. Halloween, happy Halloween. I mean, I mean, I've got some Halloween questions, but I don't think there's any point going down that road. <laughs> Speaking quickly to your, when you felt that blanket left off to you, as you yeah. recalled it, uh, JJ helped me out with something um, uh, a long time ago. Actually, when we first went on our first case, I think. And then in recently, too, uh, she gave me a salve. Uh, uh, a poultice mm-hmm. and uh, it saved me I'm, I'm convinced it saved me so thank you JJ yeah. 
but I know that sensation that you speak of uh, because I did feel weighed down and then I used the poultice and it worked great. Yeah, it was, you know, and then, you know, like Stacy, you know, the, the woman I'm seeing, I mean, she's like, like JJ said, she's very green to this. And, you know, she, she is, she used to work at um, a big place that used to have Bigfoot conferences, but she was like the person who was in charge of doing um, buffet dinners for the, the, um, uh, the event center, you know, so she, every once on every, once every year they had a Bigfoot conference there and she was a part of that getting the banquet set up, but she, she's not a big footer. Right. Um, so, you know, when, when we started, you know, expressing an interest in seeing each other and she started listening to my show, she's like, you know, she was very complimentary. She's like, you're very good at what you do and you get things out of people that maybe many others wouldn't be able to do because of the style and the way that you, you talk to them. But she's like the topics you talk about, it's like, how do you, how do you know about any of this? And, you know, it's like, well, because I've had an interest in it since I was, you know, five years old with UFOs and then just migrated to, to all the other stuff. And, you know, till this day, she's probably gotten through at least half of my episodes. And till this day, I still get like questions about, you know, what is this? And, you know, and how did you even know that? And, you know, what are these terms that you're, you know, throwing around that, sound like everybody should know, but they don't, you know? And, um, so yeah, she is, she is very much not a part of this, world. this world. Yeah. Um, it's all very new to her, you know, she's admitted that I, it, it's not something that ever interested her. You know, she liked to watch scary movies growing up but delving into any of these things, these topics that we talk about on these shows and, and we deal with, she's like, no idea. Hmm. So when she, when she, you know, and I got to give her a shit ton of credit here because that probably was kind of a scary experience for somebody to be seen taking place. Um, and then for her to have the composure to just kind of sit there and say, you, I don't know what happened out there, but you look much better, you know, um, that was, that was, that was kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. When I, I don't know. When you said that you're not sure if it's over, is that you, you feel like you're going to learn more about this? Do you feel like whatever it was is completely gone? I'm struggling with the how emotional I still get with it when I talk about it. Now, granted, it's been three days. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, 
I don't feel weird when I talk about it, but there's some aspect to, you know, if you do talk about it, does it bring it back? Mm. If you acknowledge it, does it, you know, invite it back? You know, you know, JJ says no. And, and I believe her, but I, you know, I'm still kind of back your head. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still kind of, you know, worry about it. I mean, I think it's an important thing to share. It's a, I think it's an important story because like I said, I'm not out looking for it. You know, am I open? Am I empathetic? Well, if anybody has listened to any of my episodes, you're going to realize that I am empathetic. Um, to a pretty large degree. Um, do I have gifts? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, yes, he does. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm not out practicing them. I'm not trying to learn how to read people. I'm not trying to become, you know, a a witch witch or a wizard or, um, (laughs) and off the crank. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm perfectly happy doing what I do, which is finding people that are, have not been on, 13 other podcasts telling the same story over and over again. I find people who are real people who have had issues with things. And, you know, sometimes we get a new perspective on it. Sometimes, you know, they, they don't sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, Christina said, my spigot was way too open on that day and she needed to close it. So, I mean, I get what she's saying, but I don't really fully understand what that means. But when you, when you put in yourself into, I'm, I'm hosting a Bigfoot conference. So everybody that walks through that door, or at least the majority of them is an open person right? You don't go to a Bigfoot conference if you were closed off to the possibility of Bigfoot existing. So there's, there's open people there. And I'm not the only person I'm sure that is into Bigfoot and UFOs or paranormal experiences or haunted houses, or, you know, I'm sure there were a number of people there that are are very open. Um, Christina seemed to think that that was a significant part of why I was able to be attacked so quickly just because I was wide open. And like I said, it's, it's not when you're asking for it or when you're ready for it, that it's going to happen. You know, spiritual attacks come either when they catch you off guard because they're sneaky and cunning and that's their job. Um, And when you least expect it and when your defenses are down, you know, think about it. You don't rob someone's house when they have the security system, the dog, all the lights and bars on the windows, right? You rob the house when they've left a door open or a window open or the power's out. Right. When they, when somebody has been careless. 
Uh-huh. Exactly. And I think it's a good reminder, you know, especially this being a Halloween themed show. It's a good reminder that, you know, hey, spooky stuff is fun, but it's real. Keep yeah. yourself protected. Take it seriously. Because, you know, a lot of people are going to listen to this and this is going to be a rad story to them. And, you know, they get all the feels and all the things from it and it's entertainment. But at the same time, like there are people suffering with this stuff. This is the end that I work on. You know, you guys get to hear the stories. Hopefully when people have come out on the other end or, you know, in between. I, people usually find me when they've come to the end and they're ready for it to be gone or ready for, you know, to take a leap into doing this more. So it's important that you have your wits about you and you understand. Don't go willy nilly into this stuff and don't go inviting things in if you don't want them to come in because. Yeah. Prepared. It's dangerous. It's dangerous stuff. And, and I think that's the reason why we all have uh, shows is because we let other people know that they're not the only ones having these these encounters and they're not alone. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. And that's vital and important. I mean, when I was at Bigfoot Brews, I had a lady come up and it was this really sweet, tender moment, right? Because, I mean, I don't have a podcast like you guys. I have a little YouTube channel and I'm informative about my stuff, but I don't do what you guys do. And she came up and um, she obviously knew I had been a guest on Eric's show because she told me she listens to him religiously. And she said, I just want to let you know, can you pass this on to him and the other podcasters? And I'm like, okay. And she said, what you all do is so important. Like, she was telling me that she works from home and it's very quiet, right? In her job. And she's like, I have podcasts playing constantly. And like the podcasters and you guests, you become my friends in a way. Like I'm, I'm hearing these stories and I'm immersed in, in them. And, and some of them, you know, journey on, right? Like you'll have a repeated guest and you're kind of involved in their life over time and that's really really special from what you all do i mean you're you're reaching out to people you're touching people's lives you're filling up their mind with your content and and being mindful of what it is that you're putting out there so you know from the bottom of my heart and hers and everyone else listening thank you thank you for that thank that's you nice, yeah. very nice very nice sentiment yeah. yeah, I oh, think yeah. that's a. I, I think personally that's a, a a good spot to end it because it's been three and a half hours. Yeah, my my kids are my kids are going to be up in a minute. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> guys! Oh, thank thank you so much for doing this. I've absolutely loved recording with you, all of you. It's always a pleasure. We have to do this again. Absolutely. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Great meeting you, Kevin. Well, great meeting you too, Eric. It was it was really nice. I love you all. Love you, JJ. Love Good you, all, JJ. I'm going to come to the the conference next year. Good. I'm going to try awesome. to. 
Oh, yeah, no, really? Oh, awesome. If you go, I'll so, go. September, <laughs> September 14th. Okay. I'm going to start saving now. I'm coming. Yeah, same. <laughs> I've got the date. Oh. September awesome. 14th. I okay. stopped recording again. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. How much did you miss? <laughs> just, just I'll send you couple. this. I'll send you this. <laughs> okay. You, yeah. You, you, uh, you, the you have thing. all the. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it did it three times. Oh man! Yeah. Well, guys, no. I love you all. Love you love too, Tommy. Yeah, this is not the last Thank time we're going to be together yeah. talking. Yeah. yeah, I feel that too. Yep. <laughs> sure. Fantastic. Oh, um, JJ, can you <laughs> talk to me after we're done, real quick, for like five minutes? Yeah. Okay. So, guys, should okay. we end it on a, on a happy Halloween? Yes. 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 Three, two, one. Happy, Happy Halloween, Halloween, everyone. Let's get freaky. Something's in your room. You can't move. You can't speak. It's, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. You know, you're looking out into the darkness and then you see a figure, but it's darker than the darkness. I just get this like really creepy feeling and I see this, uh, this like shadowy demon looking figure in the front seat of the car. She used to come into my room at night and stand right by my bed and I just was petrified. I remember I saw something fly by my bedroom window. We heard the bathroom door shut. So then we looked out my bedroom window down the hallway and the bathroom door was wide open. So we came around the bend and we saw eye shine. This thing stood up. I mean, it stood up. And it had high pointed ears. It had a snout, had a long arm, and it just, it grabbed the deer. What?